Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies and get all the best streaming apps in one place like iheart for all your favorite music radio and podcasts watch what you want when you want immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4k picture and sound for every budget with sizes for every room find your perfect phillips roku tv today online or at your local walmart and sam's club you're listening to fox sports radio radio Radio. That's right, you heard the man. It's that time of week. My name is Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. Fox Sports Radio. Tyrac.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com, the way tire buying should be. Well, now you know. Now you know why when I sign on this show for the last five years... I call this college football playoff the made-for-TV Invitational Tournament. Now you know why. Tomorrow at 9 a.m., there are going to be some very upset people. And I'm going to take a deep dive into this. The last time I had a show hijacked like this was 1999, August 8th, when Barry Sanders retired. We just, okay, this first hour, we are devoted to this. Even Fezzik's going to talk about it. And at 11.30 Pacific, we're opening the phone lines, 877-996-6369. I want to hear Florida State fans. I want to hear Texas fans. I want to hear Alabama fans. I don't care what fan you are. I want to hear from you. Usually I don't do this. Take advantage of it. You see, tonight, this is not going to be my decree on what I would do. I'm going to tell you what I think the committee is going to do based on their protocol. I read their protocol, I read their bylaws three times tonight, like a lawyer. And I got to tell you, the eyes of the world are on Texas, and I'll tell you why. It reminds me of a funny story. You know, back in the day, the University of Texas football team, they liked to go swimming in the Olympic-sized pool in the mansion of the governor after practice against the wishes of the governor. He hated it. So finally, one day, he says, I'm going to fix these guys put a couple alligators in the bottom of the pool, waited for practice to end. The team comes running up, hops the fence all hot and sweaty. All of a sudden, they break 
stride stops short of the pool. They don't jump in. The governor says, oh, I didn't think so, huh? You see the alligators. Well, I'll tell you what, any of you guys got the guts to jump this into the pool, swim to that into the pool? I'll give my daughter's hand in marriage 50000 in cash and a brand new Rolls Royce. Nobody moves. So they didn't think so. Turns around and starts walking toward the house. Here's a splash. Someone's in the pool. Gets about a third of the way. One alligator's got his arm, his elbow. The other's got his leg starting to bleed. Gets about halfway. The alligator's having his way with him. Gets all the way to the end of the pool, half in shreds, blood everywhere. Hops out of the pool, walks over to the governor. Says, well, young man, you've answered the challenge. You swam from this end of the pool to that end of the pool. Is there anything you'd like to say? He says, yeah. Give me the name of the guy who pushed me in the pool. There's a moral. You're capable of doing more than you think you are. Sometimes you just need a little push. And when Alabama beat Georgia today, Texas got that push. Everything changed. Now we've got a conundrum. We've got a conundrum. And see, here's the funny thing about the committee protocol. They don't reference, quote, most deserving teams. It says best teams. Their words, not mine. And nowhere does it say undefeated teams are part of the criteria. It does say head-to-head and conference champions. That matters. But therein lies the fundamental flaw. Because every single year, a conference champion is left out because there are five power conferences, yet there are only four spots. Straight from the bylaws, quote, the CFP committee will consider four criteria when teams are deemed compatible. Championships one, strength of schedule, head-to-head, competition, and comparative outcomes of common opponents. I know Florida State beat LSU, so did Alabama. And Florida State, if you get the nod, I'll be happy for you. You are deserving. But I'm going to give you my thoughts on what I believe the committee is going to do. Not my decree, my interpretation of their decree, if they stick to what they call their protocol. Alabama won the SEC championship today, and they beat the committee's number one ranked team. Do you really think the committee is going to leave out the SEC They've never done it. They're the only league that's never been omitted. The SEC has won five of the last championships. Check that. Five of the last six championships. They won 14 of the last 20. And not only that, five different schools have done it. Auburn, Georgia, Alabama, Florida, and LSU. So Alabama beat the number one. Based on the way I read it, there's a championship. And that matters. That matters. Michigan, they won the Big Ten, they're undefeated. Washington, they won the Pac-12, beat Oregon twice, they're undefeated. I believe those three are in, based on what the committee should do, based on their protocol. Now here comes the moral dilemma. Here come the musical chairs. And why I've been calling this damn thing the made-for-TV invitational tournament. It's a TV show. Florida State... They're undefeated, but they don't have their quarterback. He's injured. So they're not the same team, and the committee does reserve the right, if there are unavailability of key players that could affect their performance, to factor in their decision. You tell me if Florida State is as good with Jordan Travis, or check that, is as good without Jordan Travis as they are. With him, they average 40 points a game. Without him, 20. With him, 452 yards a game. Without him, 221. With them, they convert 41% of their third downs. Without them, 
20%. Again, per my, per the committee protocol, you tell me if Florida State is one of the best four teams without Jordan Travis. You tell me. Are they? Are they the most deserving? Maybe. They beat everybody. But again, this is a TV show. Remember in 2009, I was at the game in the Rose Bowl. It was actually January 2010. Alabama played Texas. Colt McCoy got hurt the first series of the game. Over. There was no game. Everybody turned it off. Lousy TV ratings. Last year, Brock Purdy got hurt against Philadelphia. Over. I get it. Lousy TV ratings. You know how this game works. So what do we do? I'll tell you this. I don't know how in the hell you leave Texas out. Alabama not only knocks off the number one and wins the SEC championship, Texas beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. And Texas is also a one-loss Big 12 conference champion who won by the widest margin today of any of the conference championship games. Let's look at the championships. Alabama and Texas have one. Georgia, forget it. You're done. Good night. Not up in here. You do not have a conference championship. Second, Strength of schedule. Texas ranks number 11 in FPI strength of schedule. Alabama ranks number 31, but they won the SEC. Georgia sits at 61. Goodbye, Georgia. And I know you're going to ask, Florida State sits at 63. Head-to-head, part of the committee's bylaw. Georgia is 0-1 against the field. Alabama is 1-1. Texas is 1-0. The Longhorns win against Alabama came by 10 points on the road in Tuscaloosa. The Tides, their win came by three at a neutral site today against Georgia. Now, you start to get into the weeds with comparative matchups of common opponents. Georgia was slightly more impressive against Ole Miss and Tennessee than Alabama. Texas did not have any uh, common opponents with Alabama or Georgia other than Bama itself, which Texas beat and Georgia lost. So by three of the four criteria, Georgia doesn't stand a chance. This leaves Texas versus Florida State. Texas would be a double-digit favorite over Florida State, but that's not a data point they're going to use. I think you are going to see the SEC champion in. I think you are going to see the Big Ten champion in. I think you're going to see the big uh, the uh, Pac-12 champion in. And again, how do you leave out Texas based on everything I have just shared with you? Now, if they somehow leave Alabama out, leaving the SEC will be bizarre. I, I just, I don't, I just can't see that happening. This is a TV show. This is a TV show. The league is the only one to never miss the field. And I don't care about Greg Sankey and his Sesame Street, you know, comparisons. Naturally, he's going to stick up for the SEC. By the way, I get it. An undefeated Power 5 champion has also never been left out of the playoff. But let me repeat myself. The committee protocol doesn't reference undefeated teams. Sankey even went on to say the criteria is not to put undefeated teams in the four-team playoff. Hell, why not Liberty then? You know why. Florida State is very much a deserving team. Sports are not fair. Life is not fair. You want fair? That's what you pay your cabbie. Wow, cute. All right, we're going to have some fun with this up until midnight. And then we're going to move on. we got to get to the NFL and all kinds of stuff. But we're going to flesh this out big time, including your calls at 11.30 p.m., 2.30 Pacific. 
877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. I know you care about this. I never do this on my Saturday show. We have to hear what the people out, out there think. 11.30, start lining them up. Coming up, we are going to bring in Steve Fezzik. We're not going to stand on ceremony tonight. Even Fezzik, who's a mathematician, who spent his life as an actuary, he was also number two in the Circle Millions contest, we're going to talk about this daunting task the committee has because at least two teams are going home pissed off. At least. They're going to be livid. But what do we have to reference other than the committee protocol and what they spell out? And if they don't live by their own protocol, then this is either even a bigger farce than, I, than it, it's been in the past. That's all we have right now. Fortunately, it's the last year of this. Tonight's show brought to you by Discover. At the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you've earned doubled. Seriously. Terms. See terms. Check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. I'm Bernie Frado. We are coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to the Bernie Frado Show on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Dynasty the king, uh, king, uh. What's good, y'all? It's your main man, Michael Smith, esteemed NFL analyst and certified fantasy football legend. Allow me to present to you your new favorite fantasy football podcast, The Dynasty Exchange, hosted by my first-round rookie picks, Davis, Dylan, and Josh, three guys who most definitely know their stuff. They're the co-commissioners of the coolest and most cutthroat dynasty league you'll ever come across, the Yacht Club. And now they're the co-hosts of the most elite. Now make that the definitive dynasty program in the game. It's dedicated to only the most devoted of diehards, the guys like me who can't stay off sleeper in KTC. And trust me, you won't regret making the choice to follow their dynasty advice. Listen to Michael Smith Presents The Dynasty Exchange on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton, you know, watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, gonna, not, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of the – Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You've the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. All right, back on the Bernie Fratto Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. What an epic Saturday night in college football. And yes, this is a man of many talents, including number two in the Circle Millions contest. We're going to shift gears tonight, but it's still time for the Fezzik Five. <laughs> the time is now. It's the Fezzik Five. These are the five things you need to hear about now. With the only back-to-back Hilton Super Contest winner, Steve Fezzik. Here's Bernie Fratto. Well, Fez, first of all, congratulations on your fantastic performance in a couple of major contests here. Bring the folks up to date where you're at. Yeah, so Circa Millions is the one that I'm styling in right now, Bernie. 42, 15, and 3. I'm in second place out of 5,300 people. Let's keep our fingers crossed six weeks to go. Fez, I'll, I'll light a candle in church uh, Sunday. And, of course, you know I've got rope burns for my rosary rooting for you to get it across the finish line. All right, Fez, we uh, talked earlier in the night. We're, gonna, we're not going to stand on ceremony tonight. We're not going to talk NFL. Well, we might get your best bet right before we we let you go. Fez, I want to get your thoughts on reality versus fantasy and what's going to happen as we are now, uh, you know, nine years of this format is truly being exposed. I've always called it the made-for-TV invitational tournament. We've got a real dilemma in my hands because you have undefeated teams, three undefeated teams. You've got an SEC conference champion. You've got another team who's kicked butt all year and has the number one strength to schedule, and they beat the SEC conference champion, somebody is going home unhappy. Take it where you want. All right, I'm going to start out by throwing a bunch of people under the bus. Everyone who has for years said, hey, two teams face for the championship. That's a good system. I'm fine with that. There was no reason to expand to four. You're a dumbo. Just just leave, leave the conversation and never come back. You're obviously wrong. Now, I'm going to go further and say everyone who's been arguing, yeah, four teams is enough. Why would we liquid, you know, make this, water this down? And there's no reason to go more than four teams. Six teams or more would be a travesty. You can leave the room as well because it's almost like, you know, they, they talked about this. I'm old enough, Bernie, to remember the NCAA tournament with 32 teams. Oh, we can't go to 48 teams. That's terrible. The more, the better. Um, it makes it super exciting and with the like. Let's get to the task of the hand. Michigan and Washington in. Okay. Realistically, if only four teams have, have any chance at all, of course, Florida State, Alabama, Texas, and Georgia. And Georgia is a long shot. I will eliminate Georgia and say they're not going to make it. So 
All things being equal, here's my criteria. I've heard other people say stuff. I disagree with almost everybody. The bottom line is it's not about the four best teams. That's ludicrous. It's about the body of work. Who had the best body of work? Clearly, given that, Florida State should be the third team. And my God, I don't know. Alabama, Texas, I would take Texas because I think the head-to-head, especially when you win on the road, has to mean something. So my first first snapshot would be you got to take Florida State and you got to take Texas. However, and this is what I'm talking about that no one else is talking about, Bernie, I think you have to have minimum standards. I think if you're not power rated in the top 15 with your current team as they're currently constituted, I'm speaking about Florida State, I'm sorry, you, you know, I hate to do this to the kids, but you can't have a travesty and a, just a blowout in the Final Four and basically give a team a buy into the finals. Florida State isn't any good right now, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You guys hold, hold, hold that thought, hold that thought, because I want you to pick up where you left off, but body of work would include strength of schedule. Texas is 11th, Florida State 63rd. They do have a great body of work, but it was accomplished by a kid named Jordan Travis, and at the top of the hour, I gave where the offense drops off dramatically without Jordan Travis, and oh, by the way, the committee reserves the right to base their decision based on the unavailability unavailability of key players and how it might affect their performance. Pick up where you left off. And well, that makes sense completely. Their body of work clearly has them third. But unfortunately, like I said, you have to be at a certain level, your current team as it's constituted. And there's precedent for this also when you look at the top four seeds in the NCAA tournament. University of Cincinnati clearly was a top four seed. When Kmart go. got hurt, they get dumped to a number two seed. Guess what? A number two seed is five through eight in, in terms of the best teams in the country. Um, it was, was basketball, but your point's taken. The committee the used thing. an injury to lower their seed based on unavailability of key players. Go ahead. And if you do put, and well, here's why, you know, the odds say otherwise. There are odds up on this saying Florida State is like a 4-1 to one favorite, minus 400 to make it. I still I, I don't believe when push comes to shove, they're going to be able to put Florida State in. Because you know why? If they put Florida State in, they have to put Texas in, in my opinion, over Alabama. Because the game was in Tuscaloosa, and Texas won. They didn't just win on a neutral. They didn't just win at home. You know, they won the head-to-head on the road. And guess I what? Can. That leaves the SEC high and dry, and they're the best conference. And because of that, the only, in my opinion, and the odds don't agree with this, the only proper solution, put Alabama and Texas in and Florida State. I'm sorry. Great year for you kids. And you know what? There will be some people in the coaches' poll, if there is such a thing, that will vote you number one. Good for you. All right. Before um, I get your official final four, how about if we do this? Georgia, you're not getting in, and I just gave all the reasons why. You're not a conference champion, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, it's not a lifetime achievement award. You know, you, you've been you've been great. Thanks for playing along. How about if you match up Georgia and Florida State in a bowl game and put those two teams on a field and see what might have happened, knowing that Georgia, the number one committee seat, lost to Alabama and Alabama lost to Texas. Just a thought. Set that aside. You know, Bernie, you are a genius, and you come up with some great ideas, but this is your worst one you've ever had because they've already played. <laughs> Georgia just won 42 to, to, to 10 against Florida State, and we don't need, we don't need to see that. It's, it's a given. Yeah, it's just a given. The chance of, of Florida State beating Georgia is about comparable to the chance. I mean, Georgia's the best team in the country. They're going to they, 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 be a And, and Fez, Fez, let's have a little fun with this, even though the committee will have nothing to do with this Sunday morning. What do you make Florida State 
versus Alabama. What do you make that line on a neutral? Oh, Alabama twelve, right, right around thirteen, fourteen. No, okay. no one would. What do you no make? What do you, would, make nope. yep. what do you make Michigan, Florida State on a neutral? Uh twelve. Okay, what do you make Washington, Florida State on a neutral right now? You know, I made I made Michigan too low. Michigan would be fourteen. Uh, Washington's a good five points worse. They might only be like a nine and a half point favorite. All right. Now, explain what you'd make Texas versus Florida State on a neutral. Uh, Texas 13, would be, 14? Texas would be, probably be about 12. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so, the, the, point, the point is, is, is that, you know, if I would have, this is terrible. If I would have made the line six or seven, Texas six or seven points better than Florida State, I'd say, you know what? At least we're, we're in the same neighborhood. I'm going to take Florida State. But they're just so disparate and so far apart, I just can't do it. It's, it, it, it. At some point, Florida State's just not the team that they were early in the year when they're absolutely, you know, a, a powerhouse. And I, we just can't put them into the Final Four. I'm sorry. Well, and the committee reserves the right to omit a team if there are material changes to the composition of their roster. I hate this. This sucks. I get it, Jesse Palmer. You know how hard it is to go undefeated? It's very hard. But you did it with Jordan Travis. Would Florida State have gone undefeated with this young freshman quarterback? And by the way, the kid might be really good someday. And he played his heart out tonight. Did the best he could. They gritted out a victory against a decent, not great Louisville team. Gritty victory, okay? You, you but, know, the, so the, the one theme here is that, and this is terrible, that um, poor Florida State, they, you know, they scheduled LSU, and they're still not going to get in, and it's almost like, well, what, what, Bama what's the benefit? Too. Bama what, beat what's LSU, the too. Uh, you can't schedule a top-five team. I mean, look at look at poor Alabama. They, they're not going to get in because they had to play Texas in September. It's like you're much better off just avoiding okay. everybody, you know, Fez, than, than, than under the current system. We just got about a minute. You really think the SEC is going to get shut out when they've won five of the six last championships, 14 of the last 20, five different schools have done it, and Bama just beat the committee's number one team. The committee's number one team knocked them out. You really envision, You we'll see when we wake up, you really envision that the committee will leave out an SEC team. No. Before I saw the odds, I said Florida State's going to get thrown right under the bus. I was confident it would be Alabama and Texas. And then I looked at the odds, and the odds are saying Florida State's in. And you know what? I have to give that credence. So if I hadn't seen the, the current betting odds, I would have said Florida State's out, and I was confident. Now I can't be confident because I can get you know, Florida State's a minus 400 favorite. I can bet 3-1 to one that they don't get in. So I'm, so I'm concerned about my opinion. All right, Fez, we got about 20 seconds. Do you want to give your final four? Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to stick, stick with what I think is right. Michigan, Washington, Alabama, Texas. No way we can go with, with Alabama um, and not have Texas in, in my opinion. That's right. That's exactly right. Fez, great stuff. Enjoy your Sunday, my man. And congratulations on all your efforts in the Circa Millions. This will be my last shot for a uh, Circa Millions title. There's 5,000 people in this thing, Bernie. Let's make it happen. You're going to win. All right, Fez. Good job, (laughs) bud. Take care. Talk soon. Lunch soon. 877-996-6369. If you got a dog in the fight, yeah, even you, Michael Vick, give us a call. I don't do this often. This reminds me of the night Barry Sanders retired and our pagers were going off. Hey, come on. It was 24 years ago, for crying out loud. 
877-996-6369. Patrick will take your calls. Let's hear from you. In the meantime, it's time. Let's go to our guy, Kevin Wyatt, with the latest. Yeah, Bernie, uh, lots of chaos today, of course, that often comes with college football championship Saturday and the Georgia Bulldogs carrying a 29-game winning streak into today, and it is no more. Tom Stipes calling it the Pachyderm push. We'll see what it is. Milrow hands it off, fighting, getting to the goal line, getting in, I do believe, for a touchdown. Roy Dell Williams, touchdown Alabama. The Crimson Tide, that was actually the uh, Learfield and the Alabama Sports Network there with that call, but the Crimson Tide taking down the two-time defending national champions, 27-24, to and the Bulldogs, uh, they had a field goal go off the upright late in the first half that ended up being the difference. Number two, Michigan shuts out number 16, Iowa, 13. Or 26 nothing to move to 13 and 0. They win the Big Ten championship. Number four, Florida State, also 13 and 0 after they beat number 14, Louisville, 16 6 to claim the ACC title. Number seven, Texas, 49 21 winners over number 18, Oklahoma State, as they win the Big 12. SMU getting four field goals in the second half as they claim the American Athletic Conference. They beat number 22, Tulane, 26 14. Boise State. At UNLV, they're winners in Vegas, 44-20. They win the Mountain West title. And in the MAC, it's Miami of Ohio. They get 10 points in that fourth quarter to beat Toledo, 23-14. In the Sun Belt, it's Troy over Appalachian State, 49-23, thanks to four touchdowns in the fourth quarter. App State in the Sun Belt final because James Madison not yet eligible for the postseason. And the final college football rankings and all bowl matchups will be released on Sunday. Sunday. In NFL news, Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins will play Monday night at Jacksonville. He's been uh, dealing with a hamstring issue that's caused him to miss the last few weeks, and the Jaguars do expect running back Travis Etienne to play. Uh, He's been dealing with a rib injury. In the NBA, Clippers come from behind. They were 22 points down in the third quarter, and they beat the Golden State Warriors 113-112. Golden State now just 9-11. and Lakers 107-97 winners against the Houston Rockets. The Timberwolves beat the Charlotte Hornets 123-117, even though Anthony Edwards did not play. Minnesota now 15-4. The Nets and the Magic's nine-game winning streak, 129-101. Michael Bridges with 42 points. And Cleveland handing the Detroit Pistons their continues to be a franchise record 17th straight loss 110 to 101 and college hoops some ranked teams uh, number three Marquette upended by Wisconsin 75-64 Georgia Tech goes on a late 10-2 run to beat number seven Duke 72-68 UNC Wilmington over number 12 Kentucky 80-73 and number 18 Villanova upset by Drexel 57-55 back to you Bernie all right I put myself out there what do I think the committee is going to do Number one, Michigan will host number four, Alabama, and the Sugar Bowl. Number two, Washington will play number three, Texas. Let's go out to the phones. We're joined by Stu from Minneapolis. A lot of people want to get in. We're going to get to all of you. Stu, what do you got tonight? Hey, I just wanted to throw something out sideways just to have a little fun with it. But the top four teams in college football, in my opinion, it's tough to argue with if you look at the teams playing football. One, Michigan. Two, Georgia. Three, Alabama. Four, Texas. Those are your top four teams. 
You put the Huskies, let's see if they can play the Buckeyes in some fake Rose Bowl for the last end of the, the Pac-10, if you want to have that conference game right go there, go on. Then give the Sooners to the Florida State Seminoles. Let those two teams battle it out and see if either of them really were worthy of playing in the top four. And then just for fun, let Oregon play some Penn State and Italy Lions, just for a little preview of the Big Ten for the following year. I think everybody would make a billion of dollars. There'd be a boatload of controversy. Everybody would like every part of it. And, uh, yeah, I'll hang up and let you guys chew on it. All right, thanks, Stu. And, and look, in a perfect world, if you are, would Georgia beat Florida State? Yeah. Would Georgia maybe beat Texas? Maybe. But the bottom line is what I've tried to do is stick to what I believe the criteria is for the protocol as laid out by the committee. I've read it three times like a lawyer. Let's go to Keith from Lake City. Keith, what are your thoughts on this discussion tonight? Well, you know, I think Washington definitely deserves a place there. I watched them play the Ducks, and the Ducks, they're not they are not a chump team. You know, they're a serious team. And, uh, but, I, you know, I, I really think uh, Michigan uh, definitely uh, – I think they're come out the chance. I think they're just a powerhouse this year. I think Texas belongs in the mix. I think Georgia still belongs in the mix, but I don't know. It's, it's it, who do you put in? Now you got you got to do a Georgia or Alabama, and Alabama beat them. So you know, if you get beat, you get beat. You know, on the team that beats you, you know they, they should be put ahead of you. So I, you know, I love Georgia, but you know they got beat. That's the way it works. Right. No, fair. Georgia's not getting in. There's no lifetime achievement. Thanks a lot, Keith. There's no lifetime achievement award here. Georgia did not. They were not a conference champion. They're less deserving than Florida State. Would Georgia beat Florida State? Yeah, they would. But according to the bylaws of the committee, the protocol of the committee, Georgia ain't getting in. Michigan and Washington, they're a lock. They're both undefeated, and I agree. Oregon's not only not a chump team, they're a very good team. I think Oregon would have beaten Michigan. I'm not so sure Michigan's going to win this thing. Harbaugh's one and six in bowl games. You put them on a neutral against Power Five conference teams, they don't look quite the same. We'll see how they handle that Washington passing attack if they play it. Texas, I think, is the best team right now in the country, based on what I've seen and the numbers are. Eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. We want to hear from you. We don't do this very often. This is going to be crazy about nine and a half hours from now. Laura from Massachusetts, thanks for hanging on. What are your thoughts on this discussion tonight? Yes. Hello. How are you? Very well. Yeah. I tell you, you know, this football game is very, 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 very strong. I will go with Michigan. Michigan is the one that's going to win this one because, you know, number eight is the best number that you can ever find. And if you say number 13, is Michigan is going to take this one also. Man. And if you say 23, is also the best one now. I go with Michigan now. All right. Because I play, yeah, I play very well. I play this game very well. I know I understand very well. I'm from South Africa, you must understand, we play rugby. Rugby is just like football. Michigan is going to take it very well home. All right, thanks so much for taking the time uh, to call in tonight from the great state of Massachusetts. 877-996-6369. Patrick, keep them coming. This is a highly charged situation that's keeps some things in mind. No matter what happens, they're going to make history this year. An SEC team... Champion, check that. An SEC champion has never been left out of the playoff. Alabama beat Georgia 27-24 in the SEC championship game. Now, they may face an unavoidable hurdle of Texas because they defeated the Crimson Tide 34-24 back on September 9th. What does that mean? I can see Texas getting in before Alabama. 
However, because Texas is a one-loss conference champ as well, but you, I don't think the SEC gets shut out. If they're putting in the four best teams, how do you exclude a conference that's won five of the last six, 14 of the last 20? Again, any way you slice it, history is going to be made Sunday morning. Why? An undefeated Power 5 team has never been left out of the playoff. Paging Florida State. Despite winning the ACC championship, they got into a rock fight against Louisville. They did what they needed to do. However, did they look impressive? No. They looked wholly unimpressive. They have a third-string true freshman quarterback. Jordan Travis is out for the season. That record was accumulated with Jordan Travis. Again, we're going to make history. The number one team in the penultimate rankings has never missed the playoff. Well, Georgia fell to the tide. They ended a 29-game winning streak dating back to their last loss to Alabama. No matter what happens, we're going to make history. No team ranked outside the top six in the penultimate rankings has ever made the playoff. Texans, Texas, they were seven last week. They're expected to make the field. If they don't, for me, it's an absolute travesty. No one even wants to go down to Tuscaloosa. Texas went down there, beat them by 10. Alabama, they were eighth. They got a hell of a shot as well. How do you, they beat the number one committee selected team, Georgia. And they are the SEC champion, a one-loss champion. So what's going to happen on Selection Sunday? Coming up, we'll bring in the crew. We're going to get their predictions. Again, is Florida State in or out? Is Texas in or out? I know Michigan and Washington are in. I'll give it a 5% chance that Bama's not in. I can't imagine that happening. Don't you want Saban? Remember, this is a TV show. You don't want Saban and Harbaugh? On the field, Washington beat Oregon twice. They're a great team. They throw the ball over the lot. They got a first-round quarterback. I think those three are in. The musical chairs start when you line up Florida State, Texas, and Georgia. Forget it, Georgia. You're out. So it's Florida State and Texas. That's the way I see it. We'll bring in the crew, and we will get their thoughts on this as well. Football fans, be sure to tune in to Fox Sports Radio every Sunday morning, beginning at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific for Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Brian No, Jeff Schwartz, professional better, my buddy, Bill Krakenberger, they'll have you covered three hours before kickoff every Sunday morning. Listen to Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM, right here on Fox Sports Radio in the iHeartRadio app. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios, so keep it locked right here. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Right, we're back on the Bernie Fratto Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. Let's 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 weigh in with the crew. All right, Patrick, real quickly, is Florida State getting in or not? You know what, Bernie? I'm gonna go devil's advocate here. They will not go in. You're, Even at thirteen and zero. I don't know that you're not devil's advocate. I think a lot of people are pushing for him. Yeah, maybe. I, I just I feel like it's it's against like just well because they're thirteen and zero. They won. It's just the quarterback thing. Apparently earlier today there's a couple uh, uh, just like it was kind of a hot debate just inside the studios here amongst uh, it's like a civil war in here between uh, whose side are you on there. So what's the rationale? Uh to be fair. Th- People that uh, of the uh, various editors and producers, uh, more of us younger ones are saying that Florida State should not make it, and some of the more seasoned vets are thinking Florida State should. Uh, but with that, uh, I'm gonna they go. They don't give a reason. Uh, well, just they think they're 13 and 0, you know, because the, and they won the day with no third quarterback and just the accolades. But like, I'm also saying along the lines of, well, like, you know, like. It's it's almost like they're not going to have you know Jordan Travis being out. I think is That's a factor. Key. That's, That's a, key. a massive That's factor. That's a factor. Yeah, I agree. And it's like they're they're also like it's so you know dicey between like them and then like you know Texas. And then don't even get me with the whole Texas Georgia Alabama fiasco because it's almost like kind of like I view it like kind of like a three way deadlock of a triangle, like Bermuda Triangle. Like well, like well Georgia beat like Bama beat Georgia, but Georgia or but like you know Bama lost to Texas. They're all like lost one, but it's like well. They lost in the playoff or the, the championship, and then the other lost earlier. It's like it's hard to say. See, the thing is, the minute Alabama beat Georgia today, that opened the door for Texas. I agree. Because had Georgia won, you'd have an undefeated SEC champ, you'd have an undefeated Pac-12 champ, you'd have an undefeated Big Ten champ, and if you've got an undefeated ACC champ, morally, I don't know how you could have left Florida State out. Yeah, but right. the door swung open when the SEC champ became Alabama, and you cannot exclude Texas, who has an, uh, an 11th-ranked overall strength of schedule where Florida State's 63rd. And, and they the lost, way, yeah. Oh, go, go on, Bernie, what are you going to say? That's it. Let's make sure we get, uh, let's get the other guys here. Mark Ramsey, Florida State or Texas, who gets in, who stays home? Since I haven't been following it, you know, tooth and nail, you know, cross T's, dot I's, I was just so happy that Bama beat Georgia because a lot of the talking heads gave Bama no chance to beat the big dog Georgia. So I remember Caller so Kurt happy. last night? Remember Caller Kurt? Yeah. He called in and predicted it. If you're listening, Kurt, 
I'm going to give you your flowers. I was so I, I didn't happy. think it would happen, but I didn't dismiss it. I was so happy because it, it just appeared that everybody sort of dismissed Bama because they lost a couple games in the beginning. And well, everybody one. thought that they weren't Bama anymore. But, you know, teams get better. They still have Saban to coach them up and to get their heads right and to get their hearts right to play the game. And I'm glad they basically threw a grenade in and blew it up for everybody. This is great. All right. Good, good stuff. I, you know, I think it's great, too. It, this is going to be incredible. P- some people root for Cass where you're getting it. Kevin Wired, Florida State, yes or no? Texas, yes or no? Bama, yes or no? Uh, Florida State, yes. Texas, yes. Alabama, no, because I'm... So you're going to leave out... Okay, I'm going to let you talk, but you're going to leave out the SEC champion. I am leaving out the SEC because results on the field should matter. And as it is right now, Georgia, eliminate them. One, because they have the weakest strength of the schedule of those three one-loss teams. Two, they have the fewest uh, top 25 wins uh, according to the current playoff rankings. And then you've got Alabama. They lost to Texas. So Texas gets in over Alabama for that reason. Texas also has four top 25 wins uh, according to the current playoff rankings. So uh, you got to reward strength of schedule. Texas had a stronger strength of schedule than both Alabama and Georgia. Texas beat Alabama. Georgia had their chance. If they wanted to get in, they should have won today. They did not win today. That blew it. Alabama, because they lost to Texas, uh, you know, that that opened the door for the Longhorns to possibly jump them in a scenario like this. And to me, if you're going to really make this about on-field results, which is what I think any playoff should be. you got to let Florida State in as well because they went undefeated in a major power conference. But they did it with their quarterback who's not going to play anymore. To me, That's they earned the it. I, I understand. They earned it, but, but, but I gave the criteria from the committee and their protocol. Now, the I under- unavailability of, play- of key players can affect their decision. So Florida did earn it, but the guy who got them there is not there anymore. And I think the committee will snub Florida State, but in my opinion, what should be the top four Florida State should be okay. included? If we, actually, if we want to pretend results on the field actually matter, because if we're going to go, well, they don't have their quarterback, they, you know, they'll, they'll get destroyed by whoever they play. Well, I mean, are we, can we just pick teams out of a hat on who we think will be better? Why are we playing games on the field if really that's not going to be what determines who makes the playoffs? So that's well, that's, that's my all the more reason you put. Texas in because they yes. went to Tuscaloosa and you're again you're not wrong except Florida State does not have the same roster uh, right now because no Jordan Travis by the way uh, my good buddy Dan Leach with 97-1 in Detroit tried to call in he's going to call back at 12:20 a.m. Pacific 3:20 uh, uh, Eastern covers Michigan we're going to get his thoughts on, on this as well and it'd be good to catch up with the old the old cronies because a lot of people are hoping Michigan wins this thing we shall see I don't think they're going to I think Texas is going to win the whole thing but they got in uh, you know they got in uh, they got to get in first and I'll be shocked if Texas doesn't get in and I just gave the case why and maybe I will I will uh, you know re- revisit it later coming up you know it's that time of week Mark Medina there's plenty of NBA stuff we'll take a quick break and go to the NBA. Keep it locked right here. Listen to the Bernie Fratto Show, Fox Sports Radio. That's right. You heard the man. The Bernie Fratto Show keeps rolling right along. Coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. Tyrac.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com, the way tire buying should be. Just a quick tweet. Uh, and for your BS about the 
quarterback situation at FSU. Did the quarterback today get a win? Okay, I'm reading the committee bylaws. Don't play, kill the messenger. All right, let's switch gears ever so quickly because there's news in the NBA as well. That's why every Saturday night, midnight on the Bernie Frato Show, it's that time. Oh, ho, ho, it's magic. Mark Medina, our Fox Sports Radio NBA guru, never a shortage of things to talk about. Uh, Mark, you were at the Laker game tonight. I guess uh, LeBron got teed up and so did Udoka, got ejected. What what happened there? A little tempers flaring? <laughs> well, LeBron James was joking that uh, they're talking about each other's Thanksgivings and how it went, and they're both relishing about that, and then the referee didn't take kindly to the small talk and teed him up. Uh, I think in all seriousness, we don't know exactly what words were exchanged, but there was, you know, some testiness in the second half. I mean, Terry Eason and Cam Reddish were getting into it, so it was just tempers flaring galore. I think it's just this clear sign that Dylan Brooks is is having this immediate impact on the Houston Rockets because they're now uh, targeting (laughs) LeBron as a team. (laughs) That guy. Oh, my God. I should have put two and two together. Uh, Mark, before we get to the tournament, we got the quarterfinals, semifinals, and by this time next Saturday when we have Jan, we'll have crowned a champion. Uh, I want to talk about Mark Cuban and his decision this week. Do I think he's running for president? No, I don't. But he's vacating, what, the, the Shark Tank? And, and I interviewed Mark once. He's a really good dude. By the way, though, what are your thoughts? What, what is really happening here as to why uh, you know, Mark is selling off assets? Well, uh, we don't know officially, and this is a fluid discussion here, but there's some initial thoughts that, you know, this this sale is gearing up for, you know, potential uh, gambling, you know, legalized gambling uh, being ready to set in Texas. And so he wanted to partner with a a business person who's uh, really on top of that with Mary Madison. You know, there's also been speculation that, you know, he's getting out the getting out before the, like the media rights bubble bursts. Um, it's interesting because he was on the All the Smoke podcast with Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson a few weeks ago, and he was mentioning with this new TV rights deal that's going to be set for negotiations and it expires after next summer, that maybe it'll be shorter because on one hand, it, it could be a higher number because there's a lot of competition with legacy media companies, with cable, and then the new streaming platforms, but it could be shorter because these business models have had a lot of success and failure. So there's some thought that this is a sign that, you know, maybe it's not as lucrative uh, as it once was with the NBA, but who knows? It, uh, clearly, Mark uh, Cuban knows what he's doing. He's made a fortune off of doing uh, different business transactions. But I think if nothing else, it's definitely to try to tap into some of the uh, gambling possibilities in yeah. Texas. Yeah, I guess, you, you, I, you know, like you said, there. I think there's going to be a major development there in terms of uh, structure. And uh, I don't think that, well, Texas, uh, it's not legal. Betting is not legal in Texas, but eventually some point it would be. It might be, and, you know, they'll join the other 32 states as well. Okay, Mark, uh, the much-anticipated, I say that tongue-in-cheek, tournament is here. We're down to the nitty-gritty. There's only eight teams left. Tell the people what they need to know because people spend so much time making fun of it, they never really take a minute to really understand it. Well, Bernie, it's actually been pretty good. I mean, we had group play. So. 
We had group play. Uh, most of the games were competitive. So here's what it's going to come down to. Monday and Tuesday, it's quarterfinal single elimination games. So we'll start with Monday's games. Mm-hmm. We got the Indiana Pacers against the Boston Celtics. These games are also going to be at home market. So it's going to be in Indiana. And then we got the Sacramento Kings in Sacramento against the New Orleans Pelicans. Tuesday quarterfinal matchups are going to be the Milwaukee Bucks hosting the New York Knicks. On the west side, it's the Lakers hosting the Phoenix Suns. Now, here's what happens. The winner of those games, they're going to go to the semifinals uh, in Vegas on Thursday. So it would be winner of Lakers-Suns versus winner of Kings-Pelicans, winner of Bucks-Knicks against winner of Pacers-Celtics. So it's really, you know, east versus west. And then the winner of that semifinal game would square off in the NBA Championship Cup in Vegas at T-Mobile Arena on Saturday. So um, I think it should be a fun one. It'll be interesting. It's not going to cha- uh, replace, obviously, the NBA championship. But, look, a lot of times uh, right now we would be talking about the dog days in the NBA and how it's going to be boring until Christmas Day uh, with those marquee games. So I think that it's uh, like with anything in the world. It hasn't solved every problem, but it's at least addressed some of them. No, I think you bring up a lot of valid points, uh, Mark. The tournament is being talked about. Whether it's the floors or the matchups or even the folks who are perhaps making untoward comments about it, do you not agree that Adam Silver accomplished what he wants in that he wants the NBA being talked about in November when you're competing against the NFL and the pending college playoffs, et cetera? Well, no doubt he loves that he uh, it's being talked about. And when we're talking about the media rights deal that's coming up, this is a thing that they can sell. But I think in fairness, the biggest driving force is they want the quality games to improve. And I think for the most part that's happened now, there has been a new wrinkle in this. Because of the way that they factor in standings, not only is it win-loss results, for tiebreakers, they factor in head-to-head, and if that's tied, they do point differential. And because point differential could be a significant thing, you've seen teams either run up the score or still compete, even though they're down by double digits. And on one hand, that's created games that have literally met something from start to finish. But on the other hand, you've had some weird shenanigans of, you know, the Celtics and the Bulls, for example, where they were so concerned about point differential, even though they had the game in the bag, that all of a sudden they're doing hack at Andre Drummond for almost the entire fourth quarter. And that's, that's a little weird. So I suspect that they're going to make tweaks to that point differential so it's not as egregious. But I think the larger driving point is that most of the games have been much better than what we've seen in the quote-unquote normal regular season games. So in that aspect, it's a success. That's the main objective, and everything else is an added bonus as as far as how much they're being talked about, et cetera. Mark, uh, last one for me, but I'm really looking forward to your perspective on this. Victor Wembanyama has suffered, I think, his first official injury. Is that fair? I don't want to overstate it, but I don't want to underplay it as well. Uh, tell me what has happened here, and is this could this be a pattern given his body type and size? Well, we'll see. He he was ruled out, uh, you know, for their game against the Pelicans. They said that he had right hip right hip tightness. Um, you know, they mentioned that well. He's not playing because it's on a back-to-back. Um, they categorized it as not a serious injury. Now, 
when he was drafted, um, or shortly after he was drafted, people around the league did not expect that he would play a full 82-game season. Here's why. The Spurs... They almost invented load management with how they managed Tim Duncan and Monty Ginobili and Tony Parker, even in their prime. But number two, they felt like because of how tall he is and the fact that he's a rookie and he's going to get you know uh, tested from a physical standpoint, that this was his their way of protecting him so that he's not overwhelmed. But I will stress this, Bernie. Uh, people around the league did not think because he's tall that all of a sudden he's going to be someone who's susceptible to injuries because of his body makeup. Uh, I think that you may have seen footage where his range of motion and his flexibility is amazing, where he's able to do yoga and do all these crazy stretches. But, look, anytime there's an injury, you do uh, raise your eyebrows uh, at least a little bit, but for now, the Spurs are categorizing as something fairly minor and something that they're just saying about for more precautionary reasons. And I take you at your word. And the question is, when God made a seven foot seven human body, can you go up and down the floor, ninety four feet on hardwood, ninety, you know, eighty two times a year, and then some, without there being some repercussions? So so far, Chet Holmgren's doing it, but he got hurt last year as well. Mark, uh, great stuff as always. I particularly look forward to having you on next Saturday night because the tournament will be in the books and there'll be more news. But I really want to get more in depth on the, the consensus on this tournament from the players, from the owners, from the fans, and from the media. Well, you'll have the goods next week, so everyone tune in at midnight. That's right. Look forward to it, Mark. Mark, enjoy your Sunday. Hardest working man in NBA rock and roll, Mark Medina. Uh, Medina Magic every Saturday night. At, uh, at midnight Pacific on the Bernie Frado Show. Mark, uh, great stuff. Uh, my produce, by the way, coming up here in about eight minutes, my good buddy Dan Leach from 97.1 in Detroit is going to check in uh, via phone. We are going to continue this discussion throughout the night. We're certainly going to get to the NFL. We're going to get to other stories I have. Is Aaron Rodgers really coming back? Is John Rahm really going to the live tour? We're going to get to that stuff. But Patrick Sweek of my producer informed me that he had a couple of calls come in and wasn't able to take them because I was not with Mark. Uh, I don't want anybody getting shut out. You're going to have a voice tonight. 877-996-6369. After Dan's done at uh, 1220, at 1230 Pacific, we're going to resume phone lines. We're going to have them open all night. We we have to do it. Uh, I can can tell you, again, we're talking about the four-team playoff, you know, the tweets I'm getting are all over the map, uh, and I love that because if everybody agrees, then only one head's doing all the thinking, right? And uh, so apparently Heather Dinich has leaked that she thinks Florida State's going to end up at six, Texas three, Bama four. We shall see. The other thing, too, is I got some good loyal listeners. Uh, I don't want to give this guy's full Twitter handle because uh, you may be offended by it, but he did serve our country, and his last name is Jones. And he obviously wants to see Florida State in there, and he had some some comments. He said, did the quarterback today get a win? So it's all speculation when you say they automatically can't continue to win. FSU deserves it over Hail Mary Bama. Bama would stuff Florida State. And by the way, they did get a win, and I gave him credit for it. Please, please, people, don't selectively listen. And I said Florida State is deserving, but there's nothing in the bylaws that says anything about deserving. And oh, by the way, they did get a win, Florida State, Saturday night, against an average Louisville team, a three-loss Louisville team. Maybe they're a little above average. This is going to be a little different ball game when you get on the field with Texas and you get on the field with Michigan or you get on the field with Alabama. That's the way I see it. Or Washington. 
So that's a different ballgame. Now, if you had Jordan Travis, we're not having this discussion, but I'll repeat this for the third time. The committee reserves the right to make their decision based on unavailability of key players that affect performance. Tell you what, if Florida State, if they put him in, tip of the cap by Bernie Fratto. I don't, I'm, I'm telling you what I think the committee is going to do based on their bylaws, which I try to analyze like a lawyer. We'll see what happens. I'm not rooting against them. They caught a bad break, man. A, a Bart Giamatti said it best. The games are designed to break your heart. They break your damn heart. If you haven't had your heart broken, you're not a sports fan. Coming up, Dan Leach from Detroit will join us 97-1. Obviously, he's probably got some thoughts on Michigan, but I want to get his thoughts on Texas and Florida State as well. Tonight's show brought to you by Progressive. Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked. Listen to the Bernie Fratto Show, Fox Sports Radio. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. All right, we're back on the Bernie Fratto Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live to Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. We'll take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. It's just, at this time, let's welcome in a special guest. Very happy to say hello to an old crony from 97.1 in Detroit listening to the show tonight. I said, Dan, we got to have you call in. I know you're going to bring it. I know you're going to sing Michigan's praises. But first of all, Dan, Dan Leach, say hello to Dan Leach. How you been, Dan? Uh, Bernie, the honor and pleasure is all mine. Doing great. Obviously, it's no secret. Full disclosure, I'm a huge Wolverine slap. So it's been a heck of a last uh, several weeks, shirtless last week in Ann Arbor. Uh, but, you know, things are great. You're, you're, you're killing it tonight, as always. 
Dan, uh, before and of course, Dan, uh, longtime radio star, ninety-seven-one in Detroit, flagship, and a lot, you know, the whole the whole smear. Here's the bottom line: before we get to Michigan, you've heard me tonight talking about the fact that I'm merely trying to project that the committee will leave out Florida State based on their decree and their bylaws. Am I wrong, or does Florida State get in? No, first off, the whole bagels locked and schmear Detroit style. You are a hundred percent right, and your your whole take about it being a TV show could not be more spot on. I know sometimes you know teams might be more deserving. There's in the NBA, the MVP award supposed to be the most valuable player. A lot of times it goes to the best player. Florida State had a great year. They're undefeated. I got a lot of friends that are Seminole fans. They are missing their star player, Jordan Travis. They are not one of the four best teams right now. It's too bad. It sucks. It's not fair. I think they should be in. They won't be in. That's the bottom line. Dan, great stuff. Now, let's continue on. Let's talk about Alabama. There are those who feel they might not get in. To me, it seems unthinkable that they would omit the SEC when they won five of the last six championships. They won 14 of the last 20 as a conference. And, oh, by the way, Bama knocked off the committee's own number one team. Is Bama in? Yeah, and that's insanity, by the way. And by the way, think how we have a 12 team playoff next year. I think the ratings for the CFP committee show or the selection are going to be higher than the Oscars, which doesn't do that well anyway. You look at Bama, Bernie, and you look at the SEC, and yeah, maybe it's not as crazy metrically as it's been in years past, but it's still the best conference or number two behind the Pac-12, whatever way you want to slice it. Alabama be the number one team, like you said. They've been incredible the last month plus. There is no way you're not going to get them in. And I've always thought, to me, I have Michigan one. Washington 2, Texas 3, Bama 4, Georgia out, FSU out. Okay, fair enough. Let's talk about Texas. Okay, so let's stop right to it. Now, there are some people that are making a case that Washington should be ahead of Michigan, but I don't think you lose and drop. So Washington's currently behind Michigan, so I think they stay there. So I feel it's going to be Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama, and that order do you agree with that order? And then let's start to break down these playoffs and see who ends up where. Yeah, you and I have the exact same uh, top four. And you can't – I mean, listen, Washington was a great oh, – Oregon actually scares me as a Wolverine fan. That's a great team, and Bo Nix is insane. But you can't – you're not penalizing Michigan for scoring. It's shutting out Iowa 26 to nothing, one of the most boring games I've seen in my life. But they did exactly what they were supposed to do, and Iowa's, Iowa's offense was offensive like we thought it would be. But Washington had a great win. They're the top two. They're in 100%, like you said earlier. But then you get to, like you said, you look at Texas, you look at Alabama. Maybe they flip-flop, but maybe Alabama somehow gets to number three. But those, to me, are your four best teams and that's you know michigan playing florida state like you said why would people want to watch that it's a tv show it's about ratings it's about money that's why we only had a 14 playoff and we should have had a 12 or 16 team for years so to me michigan's going to be one washington two and then you got the two next best teams in texas and alabama yeah so let's talk about this for just a second because uh i i you remember in 2010 when Colt McCoy got hurt the first series of, of the game? Okay, and it was over. The game was over. What happened last year with Philly and San Francisco? This is a made-for-TV show. I got this guy tweet at me. He's a good listener. He served our country. He says, "What do committee bylaws say about a hail mary over a pathetic right. Auburn team who lost to New Mexico State and a pathetic win over Arkansas?" Okay, I don't want to do hypotheticals of what about is. I'm trying to stick to the bylaws. Of the committee. If you're a conference champion, head to head. By the way, the Iron Bowl, anything could happen. You got to have a little luck, right? Florida had state had bad luck. Let's not be mixed up. If Jordan Travis doesn't get hurt, we're not having this conversation, are we, Dan? 
None. It's in there. It's, it's a moot point. And, and listen, it's, it's one of those things where I get that it's funny. The last year of the 14 playoff, we had the craziest chaos, but that's, listen, it's about finding those four best teams. And I think you, I don't know if you brought it up or a guest brought it up earlier. It was a great point. Kenyon Martin, Cincinnati. I know it's basketball, yep. but we, they, they were penalized for losing maybe the most dominant player in college basketball this year, that year. It's, I know it's not fair. But that the spirit of what's going on is identifying the four best teams that not the best resumes, the four best teams that would head into the playoff, the top four. It will be twelve next year with the extra buys and every all that stuff. And the four best teams are the teams that you and I, I completely agree with you. Michigan, Washington. Texas, Alabama. Florida State's had a great year. They're missing one of their best players. You know, Georgia had a great year. They won. They haven't lost in three years since they lost to Alabama. They lost to Alabama in an elimination game. It's just the way it goes. Like you said, two or three teams or whatever are going to be very upset tomorrow. But it's the way the cookie crumbles. And those, to me, Michigan, Washington, Texas, Bama, after what Bama did today, are your four best teams and give you the four, the two best matchups. Yeah, that's the the fundamental flaw, Dan, about this whole thing. That every year a conference champion is going to be left out because there are five power conferences and only four spots. All right, Dan, let's have a little fun. Give me a reason why Michigan can win this thing and give me a reason why they won't. Well, let me just say this. I know it was a little sacrilegious. I booked my flight, tickets, car, and hotel like two months ago, but you got to be ready for things, Spartan. Let's be honest here. (laughs) That's right. That's right. It's about, okay, there's there's three key things I'll give you here. One of them's not as big as the other two. Number one's J.J. McCarthy. This guy, I know he's had his moments where he hasn't looked like an all-world guy, but he has gotten better and better his last couple of years. He is 24-1 as a starter at Michigan. The one loss, the silly loss last year to TCU. J.J. McCarthy is capable of beating anybody. The Michigan defense is also a massive key. Guys like Mike Sanistrill can pick you off and run it back for a touchdown. And I look at Michigan's tight ends, Barter, Loveland. I don't care if they play Bama, they play Washington, they can run down Washington's throat with Corbin Edwards. They are going to obviously have a great chance to beat any of these teams. But to me, the keys are going to be J.J. McCarthy not turning the ball over. I know it sounds cliche, but it's true. The Michigan defense causing turnovers and stopping, you know, obviously the run if it's a team like Alabama, Jalen Moreau, or, you know, the Necropatics going off at the secondary. I mentioned Mike Sanistro. And then guys like Loveland and, and Barner, tight ends have been so key for Michigan. To me, that makes me feel pretty good against anybody. But after last year against TCU party, I, I wanted an easier game in the semi this year. I'm getting a harder game in the semi this year. Absolutely. Dan, love it. Love the energy, as you folks can tell. This guy's a Detroiter. I've always said it, Dan. It's the greatest sports town in America. Four homegrown teams, no expansion teams, two Big Ten teams right on the corner. Dan, don't be a stranger. You're always going to be welcome on my show, okay? Bernie, truer words haven't been spoken. Listen, it's, it's an honor to be on, and I, I just love what you do. And just thanks always for uh, for being supportive as well. It means a lot to me. Well, right back at you, and I cannot tell you how proud I was to have spent 17 years in Detroit and worked with people like you at 97. You're beloved. You're beloved, Bernie. All right, Dan, listen, seriously, uh, good luck to your Wolverines. We'll see what happens. Uh, at least you know one thing, they're in. They're going nowhere. They're in, baby. Book, book that trip. Let's go blue, baby. Thanks so much, Bernie. All right, thanks. It's Dan Leach from 97.1 Detroit, longtime Detroiter, longtime uh, uh, you know, media guy, and obviously you, you can tell the passion of Detroit sports. All right, uh, my producer, Patrick Suica, has indicated, and by the way, doing a great job, all my guys, Mark, Pat, and uh, and uh, Kevin on the updates, people still want to call in. 877-996-6369. Uh, 
Text me that gentleman's name, Pat. We're going to go back out to the phone lines. We're going to continue to talk about this. How the hell did this happen today? You can thank Georgia. Actually, you can thank Alabama. Why is it connected to Texas? I'll tell you. By the way, what would a 12-team football playoff look like if it was in place this year? God, you're... Your your mouth to God's ears. But first, let's go back to our guy, the chef. The chef, Kevin Wyatt, with the latest. Yeah, there's lots to talk about, Bernie, mainly because a wrench was thrown into the college football playoff rankings. Number one, Georgia, the two-time defending national champion. They had a 29-game winning streak. But it is now over as Alabama wins it in the SEC championship game 27-24. to So the committee is going to have something to think about when the final rankings released on Sunday. In the Big Ten championship game, number two, Michigan, as expected, beats number 16, Iowa. They shut out the Hawkeyes 26-0 to finish their season undefeated. Number four, Florida State, a 13-0 Regular season as they win the ACC championship against number 14, Louisville, 16-6. to Number 7, Texas in the Big 12 championship game. This one was really not much of a contest. They blow out Oklahoma State, 49-21. to SMU over Tulane, the 22nd-ranked Green Wave, losing it 26-14. to In the Mountain West championship, it's Boise State. They were 4-5 and just a month ago, but they're now Mountain West champions after they demolished UNLV at Allegiant Stadium, 44-20. to In the MAC championship in Detroit, Miami of Ohio gets 10 points in the fourth quarter to win it against Toledo, 23-14. Troy beats Alabama, excuse me, Appalachian State, 49-23, thanks to four touchdowns in the fourth quarter. App State was in the Sun Belt final, though, because James Madison had not yet eligible to compete since they're still transitioning from the FCS level. NFL news, T. Higgins going to play Monday night against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags, for their part, do expect running back Travis Etienne to play. In the NBA, Clippers erase a 22-point deficit in the third quarter to win it against the Golden State Warriors, 113-112. Golden State now just 9-11. and Lakers beat the Rockets, 107-97. Timberwolves improved to 15-4. They beat the Hornets, 123-117, despite not having Anthony Edwards. The Nets over the Magic, 129-101, as Orlando's nine-game winning streak comes to an end. And the Detroit Pistons, 17 straight losses now as the Cavaliers hand them their latest defeat, 110-101. Some upsets in college hoops. Number three, Marquette goes down. Wisconsin beats him 75-64. Georgia Tech takes down number seven, Duke, 72-68. Number 12, Kentucky upset by UNC Wilmington, 80-73. And number 18, Villanova, edged by Drexel, 57-55. Back to you, Bernie. Thanks, Chef. And you'll be performing in about an hour here. Get those vocal chords those dulcet tones and pipes warmed up all right phone lines are going to stay open 877-996-6369 i swear to god this reminds me august 8th 1999 barry sanders retired unceremoniously listen you play the hits this is the biggest hit going right now and it's about eight hours and eight and a half hours there are going to be some fan bases that are really pissed off let's go back out to the phones hector from alaska hector you've been very patient want to thank you for hanging on what are your thoughts about this whole debacle here? Good evening, Bernie. Uh, I'm a big fan. I listen to you every Saturday. Um, I have been for a couple of years now. Um, I, I just want to reiterate what Patrick said 
Uh, he was 100% absolutely correct in his breakdown. It really just comes down to you winning your games. I can understand people talking about Florida State, but let's face it, they won their games. You can't take that away from them. These people from the South and the East Coast bias, I mean, I'm, I'm as bad as West Coast as you can get. I don't have any skin in the game, but as a fan, um, it's pretty easy. They lost. If we do Team A versus Team B, we leave names out. Team A beat Team B. That would be Texas beat Alabama. They're out. Georgia lost today. Sorry, you're out. The world does not revolve around the South. We have to understand that. This is college football. I know we're saying, okay, it's going to get expanded. That's the answer, of course. So in college basketball, we have the Final Four. Since when do we have talk about expanding that? We don't. So, um, How about, did you mention, what are your your thoughts on Alabama? Do Do they deserve to be in? Uh, no, because let's face it, a couple of times they've been in as non-title champions. And, and people could say, well, Hector, they got ju- they justified it by winning the title. But they shouldn't have been in the first place. And then it, you kept out other deserving teams. You said you read the bylaws three times. Yes, and, but it's the money. It's the money that keeps the SEC in. And we just, as our society, we want most deserving, not the richest. And we know that as the conferences are expanded, you can't take anything from the Pac-12 or Michigan. Um, so they're in. Florida State, yes, what's, it sucks that they're losing their quarterback. It but sucks. they still won. Yeah, but here's the deal. Uh, are they the same team? without Jordan Travis that had been accumulating that record all the way back to Labor Day. And their best win was LSU. Well, Alabama also beat LSU. Look, your points are well taken. Uh, the bylaws for me were merely trying to imply what the verbiage and what the language is when it comes to the committee. They don't reference most deserving teams. They don't reference undefeated teams. They say best teams. And there's, this whole thing is flawed to begin with. So listen, Hector, uh, appreciate you calling in, appreciate you listening. Uh, I may uh, start taking calls on my Friday night show every every Friday at midnight. You'll always be welcome, okay? I guess Hector is gone. 877-996-6369. We're not done. This is a highly charged situation. I can tell you, everybody's coming out of the woodwork, and I am here for it, and I love it. Uh, the one gentleman, I'm going to give him a shout-out. His name is David Jones. He served our country in the military. Prefers not to call. We're good with that. Look, I'm guessing somewhere along the line, he's a Florida State fan. This is painful. How do you think the Green Bay Packers fans felt when Aaron Rodgers has the family and friends plan and brings over three or four players and he gets hurt the second play of the game? This sucks. I don't care if it's the ball going through Buckner's legs. This whole Florida State thing hurts. It hurts. We don't have royalty in this country. Our teams, our athletes, our, our entertainers, they are our royalty. Mike, Mike Norvell deserves better. Jordan Travis deserves better. What the hell are you going to do? I am merely trying to interpret what I think the committee is going to do based on what they tell us their criteria is. And oh, by the way, since it's come up a couple of times now, what would it look like if we had the 12-team playoff this year? Well, I think you'd have Michigan number one. Just roll with me. This is I got all four in right order last year. We'll see if I'm right or wrong. If Florida State gets in, I'm going to tweet it out. Congratulations. 
Fair enough. Now go prove the rest of us wrong. Cardell Jones in Ohio State did it in 2014. They won the whole damn thing. Maybe you can do it. I don't know. But I think it's going to be Michigan 1, Washington 2, Texas 3, Alabama floor. So last night before any of this Michigan happened, Georgia was thought to be number one, Michigan two, Washington three, and Florida State four. Let's just say that would have happened. Tell me you wouldn't have liked this. Missouri would have been at Alabama. The winner would have advanced to play Georgia. This is last night before, t- before or Friday night before Saturday happened. Tulane would have played Oregon, although they did lose to SMU. So that they would have advanced to play Florida State. Ole Miss at Ohio State, they would have advanced to play Washington, and Penn State at Texas would have played number two, Michigan. By the way, the 12-team playoff... You know, uh, when that happens, we're going to have uh, games played on home stadiums in the first round. I can't wait till it gets here because it'll still be championship-based. If you win your conference, you're in. And then if you have a a stumbling block or you have a situation where, I don't know, uh, and again, this happened in 2014. Oregon had a key offensive lineman out, and they lost one or two games. But they ended up getting back in the playoffs, and the committee admitted that they changed Oregon's ranking back in 2014 based on the fact they lost those games because they didn't have their full team. And, and, and they were missing key players, and that mattered, and that led to them not winning all of their games. So there you have it. But coming up, I don't know that we have really got into the weeds as to what the hell happened. Georgia wins 29 in a row, but not 30, and they're not going to three-peat. It's decided on the field now, sort of. When the Minnesota Golden Gophers did it back in the 30s, <laughs> they voted back then. So it wasn't necessarily the most pristine uh, process. But I'll tell you, I don't think it is now either. So coming up, I'm going to get into the weeds a little bit. And again, more of your calls, 877-996-6369. If you're pissed off that Florida State might not be in, if you want to get in, you want to say, I told you so. Kurt, you predicted last night that Alabama would beat them. They did. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, TireRack.com studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd, cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com.
Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Thank you. Right, we're back on the Bernie Fratto Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. Take you up to 3 a.m. Eastern, or check that, 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. A lot of stuff to give you top of the hour. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Aaron Rodgers, Robert Sala announced Wednesday that the New York Jets were opening the 20-day, 21-day practice window. We'll chop that up at, at 1 a.m. Pacific, 4 a.m. Eastern, top of the hour. We'll see how realistic this, this truly is. I'm having a little hard time buying it. Let's get into the weeds a little bit here. How the hell did any of this happen on Saturday? Because I swore, I, I think if Georgia would have won, he'd have had the three undefeated conference champion teams, and they would have put in the fourth. They would have said, okay, it's not ideal, but we already put in three other teams. They're undefeated. Florida State did what they needed to do Saturday night. Let's do it. But then Georgia lost. You know, the last time the Georgia Bulldogs lost a freaking college football game was the 2021 SEC Championship game to, yes, the Alabama Crimson Tide. It was deja vu all over again, Yogi. Saturday uh, afternoon is an Alabama team that uh, some people left for dead early in the season. You might have heard me out with Aaron and Jason Martin. I said, no, 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 no. No. Saban will figure it out, just like he figured out the spread offense a few years ago. Now, did I think they would beat Georgia? No, I didn't. Because I have a major league quarterback. Jalen Milrow is a stud, but he's not Bryce Young. And he's not Tua, and he's not Jalen Hurts. But I love that dude, man. What a competitor. But look at Saban, right back with a fast defense who frankly won the line of scrimmage and kept getting better every, every week. They smothered Georgia. That was a devastating defense. They beat them 27-24, and, and Bama never really felt like they were really in trouble even when they were down 7 nothing. This is the first time that Georgia, two-time defending national champion, had lost in 30 tries. Now, this becomes the question. With Bama's, check that, Georgia's 29-game win streak snapped, here's the question. Is it good enough to get Alabama in the college football playoff? Well, here's the thing. I don't know how you leave out the SEC champion. They won five of the last six championships. They won 14 of the last 20. Five different schools have done it. I don't think you get a whole hell of a lot of argument that, truthfully, the SEC is the best conference in college football. It's not the ACC. It's not the Big Ten. The Big 12 is going to get some votes in this year. The Pac-12 was tremendous. But you already got Washington in there, and they're undefeated. But had Washington, would Washington have gone undefeated if they played Bama's gauntlet? The SEC is physical, man. And, you know, they, they say it just means more. Well, it does. Go down there. Go to a game some night. That's going to be a huge part of the debate on Sunday morning's announcement. If you're going to start considering one-loss teams, well, is Georgia out of the conversation? Yes, I say they are. They've not only lost at such an inopportune time, it would be a shock to see them in. Let's be honest. You're not, a, you're not even a conference champ. And you against the other head-to-heads, you didn't fare as great. I think they're one and one 
Texas was better. Bama was better. Georgia, you know what? Maybe this was more predictable than anybody wanted to admit. Because there have been many times this year Georgia started off very sluggishly. A lot of times. And the Bulldogs, they looked uh, you know, very dominant on their first drive with a quick touchdown. But the offense stagnated. And then they got going in the fourth quarter when they got desperate. By then, Alabama's defense, frankly, it set the tone. They were the ones that were carrying the play. They pressured Carson Beck into a lot of poor decisions. They completely shut down Georgia's running game. Georgia only averaged 2.5 yards a carry. And they exposed the fact that Georgia's two biggest receiving weapons, Brock Bowers and Ladd McConkie, where they were far from healthy. They were limping all around. And give it up to Jalen Milrow. He did the rest. Now, they said he was benched early in the year. I don't think he was benched. I think Nick Saban was just trying out a couple other quarterbacks against uh, South Florida just to see what he had. Milrow was always going to be the guy, but people are going to have their narratives, right? But what did he do? He made play after play after play throughout the season, including against Auburn, and they stunned the dogs. But how, if Bama's in, how in the hell do you leave Texas out? They made a statement, man. They didn't just take care of business against the Oklahoma State Cowboys, 49-21. to Wasn't even that close. Now, I guess it's anybody's guess what the committee decides, but you got the one-loss one Longhorns. Their only loss was a four-point last-minute overtime loss to Oklahoma in, 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 the, you know, in the Red River shootout. Then they went on the road. They upset an Alabama team that was everybody's sleeper darling heading into the weekend. What is Texas in? I say yes. I don't know how you leave them out. If you, well, by the way, the eye test. Come on, man. That is one hell of a scary offense. I think they beat Michigan. Quinn Ewers has found his range. Tied a Big 12 title game record. Four touchdown passes, all in the first half. 452 passing yards. Their running back, Kellen Robinson. By the way, they got a, a stable of running backs and receivers and a tight end. And uh, hopefully. You know, Xavier Worthy, he he suffered a lower body injury, but you got a month to get ready. I, I think they're going to need him if they get in the playoffs. So if you consider head-to-head, if you consider conference championships, if you consider what they put in the bylaws, and again, I know I'm repeating myself, but if you consider the fact that the committee reserves the right to decide that if unavailability of key players will affect their performance – hence Jordan Travis, then they can use that to make decisions. We're not going away from this topic all night. I don't care what I'm talking about. You want to weigh in? 877-996-6369. 877-996-6369. You want to argue? You want to fight? I'm all about it. Just just come with come correct. Coming up, Aaron Rodgers. Is he really going to come back? I'll tell you what my thoughts are and if this is really realistic. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. That's right. You heard the man. The Bernie Frado Show keeps rolling right along. My name is Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live with Tyrac.com studios here. Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas, Nevada. Tyrac.com, we'll help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com, the way... Tire buying should be 877-996-6369. We are not turning away any callers. By the way, ever so quickly, about an hour ago, Jerry Palm of CBS Sports projects Michigan 1, Washington 2, Florida State 3, and Texas 4. We shall see. Let's go back out to the phones. 
joined by Paul from North Carolina. Paul, what is your take on this Michigan tonight? Hey, good morning, Bernie. Uh, listen, man, I listen to you. Uh, I'm in the restaurant business. I get off late most weekends and always appreciate and enjoy listening. Thank you. So, uh, thank you for what Thanks you so do. much. Appreciate you, man. Uh, uh, Bernie, listen, man, I, you know, I'm a sports radio enthusiast, and I always try to call in and be impartial, but I've got to uh, say off the top, I'm a Georgia alumni, so this is probably not a uh, um, an objective call. But, Bernie, just a couple of very quick questions for you. Is there any doubt, had Georgia won tonight, they would have been in the playoffs as the number one seed? Is that, correct. No, one will, no, you know, no doubt. Correct? No doubt. Yes, okay. correct. Okay, so also, and I'm not one of these guys to point fingers at officials, CBS did a hell of a job coming into the second half. That fourth and four call that Alabama went for late in this first half, not only was it a questionable call, was a blown call. Would you agree with that, Bernie? I'll I'll just defer to you, but continue on. You're heading toward a point here where I think you think Georgia should still get in. Am I reading that right? Well, listen, like, if you take – there's no other play in that game. I'm not saying Georgia should have won. I think they were outplayed. I'm not saying they should have won. But if you – that fourth and four call that was blown directly resulted in a touchdown. You take that touchdown off the board, Georgia wins that game. How in the hell do you go from an undisputed number one seed to a blown call in the game that CBS pretty much said this was a blown call that resulted in seven points? How do you go from the undisputed number one seed to a blown call later? You're out of the top four. If you go for the yep. four best teams, there's no question Georgia's one of the top four teams in the country. Okay, and I don't disagree with that. I think if you laid out the four best teams of my life around the line, Georgia would be in that top four, and they might still win the damn thing. But what I've tried to do all night is merely interpret the committee's protocol and bylaws. And since Georgia lost a head-to-head to Alabama and they did not win their conference championship, they don't have the case to make, even though I do agree by rights, they are probably one of the top four teams in the country. I, I don't disagree with that at all. Well, Bernie, I, this man, I, I appreciate that taking that. You know, it, it's going to be, I guess, the uh, the polishing the turd. The situation is, this wouldn't be a situation come next year. So I think we showed that's right. This year, we showed this year what's wrong with the fourteen playoff. It'll be run next year. It just sucks that it happened. Yeah, you know, and, and no. you hear all the time that you, you, you hear all the time that you can't take in Georgia being a two-time national champion into consideration. And listen, man, to say that is to not understand sports. Every time you talk about Georgia, what's mentioned the twenty-nine game winning streak. It's because when you go in with a 29-game winning streak, you are every team's Super Bowl. You are every team's you are the one that every team circles and gets ready for, and they carry that for two years, and to lose by a field goal to Alabama. Yep. I think, uh, no, I think Georgia It's a hard pill to swallow. Good, good stuff, Paul. Uh, here's the situation. There's the world it is and the world it ought to be. In the world it ought to be, Scott Norwood doesn't miss the, miss the field goal and Buffalo wins that first Super Bowl. They might have won another one after that. The ball doesn't go through Bill Buckner's legs. Aaron Rodgers doesn't get hurt. The games are designed to break your heart. We. This is not a playoff. This is a stupid. I, I've been saying it for four or five years. I've been on. This is my sixth year in Fox Sports Radio. It's a made-for-TV invitational tournament, and they make it up as they go along because if they don't follow those bylaws, Florida State will get in. And I'll be okay with it because that's what the committee does. They do what the hell they want to do. Back out to the phones, joined by Dan from Ohio. Dan, your thoughts. 
Bernie, you do a great job. You're a Michigan man. That makes you a good man, and you just brought up a great point. It's eyeballs and ratings because unfairly last year, and I'm not an Ohio State fan, they got in, uh, and they couldn't even win a championship, uh, let alone uh, uh, any, anything else. And so I'd like to see four. Uh, I think it's it's champions. I'd like to see Florida State this year, but it sounds like uh, uh, Texas, Washington, Michigan, and Alabama would be a good foursome. It's just a good thing Ohio State, with the biggest crybaby fan base in the world, is not in. Bernie, continue the uh, great work. Go Harbaugh and go Michigan. All right. Thanks, Dan. Nerd position. Uh, appreciate you listening. All that good stuff. 877-996-6369. We are not vacating this topic. We'll be in the backdrop all night. We've still got some NFL stuff to get to. And, of course, don't forget, top of the hour, 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern, the dance sensation sweep of the nation. We will certainly get to what kind of brand new fool are you uh, and what my name. But if you want to check in, I typically don't do this, but this is Man Bites Dog. This is Barry Sanders retiring. The show got hijacked, and I'm here for it. Uh, once Georgia Got beat. It opened the door for Alabama, which opened the door for Texas. And even though Florida State did everything you could ask them to do, like Cincinnati did three years ago, everything you asked them to do, they don't have their starting quarterback. The committee has the right to say, you may deserve it, even though that's not in our bylaws. You may have earned it, even though that's not in our bylaws. But you don't have your star quarterback, so you're not the same team that accumulated that record. This is an interpretation of the protocol. You know what would be really cool? Let's say Florida State does get in. So you know what the committee says? Hey, we're just not going to leave out an undefeated conference champion, regardless of the circumstances. And then they get in and they win a game. That would be poetic justice because they they do deserve it. But again, that's not spelled out in the protocol, nor is undefeated spelled out in the protocol. And I didn't write the protocol. I'm just interpreting it, right? And every single year, a conference champion is left out because there's five power conferences and four spots. Stupid. I've never liked it, ever. All right, Aaron Rodgers. Boy, a potential Aaron Rodgers return theoretically began last week, Thursday. Robert Sala, the head coach of the Jets, he announced Wednesday that the Jets would open the 21-day practice window for Aaron Rodgers. That would be limited in practices. You think? No. He's going to be full contact. And they want to reduce the risk of re-injury. Well, I don't know. How how do you do that? You you, you cannot reduce any risk. He was dropping back trying to avoid a, a blitz, and he just one of those deals. Right? And he's 40. You just don't know. But he's cleared. Sala said that Rodgers is cleared for functional activity, but not contact. All right, how realistic is this? And I've had some talk with people here. We got a lot of New Yorkers here in Vegas. My good buddy Jay's a Jay Ship is a Jets fan. I've told everybody, look, the minute that the Jets get that eighth loss, forget it, pack it in. Don't don't let them play this year. Don't just don't do it. You know, reset next year because the Jets got a good defense and enough talent. It's a shame they'd have been in the mix. I think had Rodgers been. But healthy, but you'll never know. Because, again, see, that's hypothetical. There's classic case. You lose your quarterback. Are you as good without Rodgers as you are with him? Are you as good without Jordan Travis? You see what that's cost the Jets. Once they get that eighth loss, forget it. You're gonna, I think you're going to be 10-7 and seven to get in the playoffs. But 11 weeks ago, Rodgers tears his Achilles on the fourth snap 
of the game. Fourth snap of his Jets career. But, again, Rodgers, this window expires just before the Jets' Christmas Eve game against the Commanders. Rodgers, I am told, has actually circled this as a possible date to make his return. This is unthinkable. It's unthinkable to me that he's even at Jets practice after those visuals of him crumpling to the turf are still vivid in our mind. That's a severe injury. It's weight-bearing. It's a season-ending injury for every NFL player, every human being. The typical timeline is 9 to 12 months, more like 12 months. What did it take Kevin Durant, like 700 days? Add in the fact Rodgers turns 40 yesterday. I think he did, if my math is right. And the idea that he'd be ready to return to an NFL field three and a half months after his injury, it's, I don't believe it. I don't. Prove me wrong. Don't tell me. Show me. But in recent years, Rodgers, what has he always done? He's built his whole public persona about being a contrarian. contrarian. That's just what he does. He, he, he you know, he's just an unorthodox guy. That, that's, he's, I'm sure he's been that way his whole life. He's got a chip on his shoulder going back to his high school days. We've talked about it. He was not recruited, had to go to a junior college, ends up at Cal, sat behind Favre. Favre treated him like a bastard child. One thing led to another. I, I think Aaron Rodgers has always felt like he needs to, you know, to do twice as much to get half as much respect. And I don't care about the dark chambers and the ayahuasca or whatever the hell he does. Or he dates Shailene Woodley. Rodgers, I, I, there's a part of me, he just likes being out there. He just does. He's got the Bobby Knight syndrome. You know, when Knight left Indiana, he, people said, well, he realized that he missed the spotlight a hell of a lot more, and the spotlight missed him. But Rodgers was quoted the other day saying, quote, give me all the timetables. Give me all the things you think can, should, or what happened, because all I need is that little 1% of inspiration. Uh, the little engine who could. Give me your doubts. Give me your prognostications, and then watch what I do. Okay, Aaron, I'll watch what you do. Don't tell me. Show me. And I'm a Rodgers fan, and I was bummed and pissed when that happened on that Monday night. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Here's the deal, though. I don't think Rodgers is a stupid person. I think he's a little impetuous. I think he's a little thin-skinned. But the notion that he would be willing to fake a healthy Achilles just to stick it to his haters, I don't think that'll happen. He got to be cleared by a doctor to take the field. And Robert Salas said he'd been cleared for functional football activity, but he's yet to be cleared for contact. So no matter what Rodgers tells us, no matter what message he wants to send, it's all moot if he's not okayed by a doctor. Right? Now, Cam Akers came back. Other guys have done it. So Rodgers is probably, well, if they can do it, I can too. I don't know, Aaron. You might want to pump the brakes on this one. And if the Jets get that eighth loss, no. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. You're not going to go to the playoffs this year. You're not going to prove anything to anybody. Tee it up, come back next year. Hope springs eternal. Folks, football fans, be sure to tune in to Fox Sports Radio every Sunday morning beginning at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific for Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM. Brian No, Jeff Schwartz, my buddy, professional better, Bill Krakenberger. They got you covered three hours before kickoff every Sunday morning. Listen to Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM right here on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeart Radio app. Coming up. We start to dive into this NFL schedule. Yep, about time, week 13 version. Give you some matchups, some breakdowns, our thoughts, odds on the games, and, of course, storylines to watch. We'll start out in Houston. Can you believe it? The resurgent Texans against the resurgent Broncos. Houston laying 
three and a half. We'll tell you what we think is going to happen and storylines to watch. And again, 877-996-6369. The callers have been very thoughtful. They've been very passionate. This is historical. And in seven hours and 46 minutes or thereabouts, we'll see who the final four is. I'm Bernie Fratto. Coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd, cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. All right, we're back at the Bernie Fratto Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. Top of the hour, 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern. Yep, Dan Sensation, Sweep of the Nation. What kind of brand new fool are you followed by what my name? Before we get into the NFL, let's squeeze in another call here. This topic, this topic, the college football Final Four playoff. Dennis from Montana weighs in. What do you got for us tonight, Dennis? Hey, Dennis. Hey, first-time caller, Bernie. Okay, glad uh, to have the you. The rankings. Thank you. The rankings you had that you thought should be. Uh, I had the same thing, same order, and everything. So, well, just just, just to be fair, uh, not to cut you off, I am yeah. projecting where I think the committee is going to end up based That's on. A, yeah. My th- yeah. Go ahead. Same thing. Same thing. So your rationale, your rationale for leaving out Florida State is the same as what I interpret the committees to be. Absolutely, you know, you're you're playing with a second string quarterback. Um, they're, you know, it's like you said. What what? Who are the best teams? And to me, Florida State is number five. You know, and I don't even know if they're number five. You mean because you got Georgia well, in there, you got Oregon in there, you got it. So it becomes very dicey. And yeah. uh, 
you know. So, all right. Well, thanks a lot, Dennis. And uh, we will talk again, I'm sure. Appreciate it. Dennis from Montana. Look, look uh, it's not fair. It sucks. It sucks. And one of the things when you do radio is, is sometimes people selectively listen or they misinterpret or they hear part of it. Uh, it's not my idea. I don't, know, I don't know what I'd do. But if I'm reading the, the, the committee's bylaws and I'm reading their protocols, it feels to me like Florida State's going to be on the outside looking in. We'll see. They make it up as they go along because it's a TV show. It's not a playoff. It's a made-for-TV invitational tournament, just the way it is. Not fair. I get it. You want fair? That's, the, that's what you pay your cabbie when you get out of the car. You're fair. Life ain't fair. Sports aren't fair. By the way, the NFL is not necessarily fair either. Ask Aaron Rodgers, right? We got a weird, bizarre week in 13. You don't believe me? You got a team that's 10-1, and and they're a home underdog. And they got their starting quarterback, too. Talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll get to that. Bill Belichick, the legend, Bill Belichick. He's a home underdog this week against a team who is under 500. Now, these are not your father's patriots. Right, Bill? Bill, you here tonight? You want to come on the show tonight, Bill? You want to come on tonight, Bill? Are you there out there? Usually out there. All right, Bill. Well, we'll hear from you. We'll hear from you later. I, I okay, thank, thanks, Bill. I didn't mean to interrupt you there, buddy. Uh, you want to maybe come out? You want to come on our Christmas show, Bill? All right, Bill, I get it. I get it, man. I get it. By the way, the Broncos, they gave up 70 points against the Dolphins a few weeks back. Since then, they won five in a row in that five-point stretch. They're only allowing 16 points a game, which leads me to my first game. They visit the Texans. Man, you got to love the Houston Texans laying three and a half. Imagine that. They're both six and five. But in the last four weeks, Broncos have held opposing quarterbacks to a QBR of 31, the fourth lowest in the league. They're keeping offenses down to 16 points a game. But C.J. Stroud is the goods. This is going to be a matchup of one strength versus another strength, right? If the Browns can do what most teams have not been able to do this year, force turnovers on C.J. Stroud, I'm talking about the Broncos. Did I say Browns? I meant Broncos. Broncos have 16 takeaways in their five-game winning streak. That's what they're going to need to do. They're going to need to do that. The Texans are 0-7 against the spread this year. They shouldn't be favorite. I mean, they're favorites. I don't. I. 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 This is. This game is a pass. Stay away from me. I just don't feel like. Uh. It, there's. There's too many unknowns now. The Brandon Staley Bailey Zappi Bowl coming to a place near you. As long as you're in New England, the Patriots unreal. They're two and nine. They're home. The Chargers laying five and a half on the road. They're no prize either. They're four and seven. Bailey Zappi will make his first start of the season for the Patriots. Mac Jones has been pulled four times this year. Zappi doesn't give him a better chance to win, but that's what you do. You, you make changes, and maybe Zappi can limit turnovers. The Chargers, you know, actually have a plus three turnover uh, differential on the season, but they also got Brandon Staley. You never know what that knucklehead's going to do. Now he's giving pissy post-game press conferences. I do expect the Chargers to win this game because the Patriots, unfortunately, are just that bad. My beloved Lions are 8-3. and three. Everybody remembers their debacle on Thanksgiving night, just when people are starting to say, well, you, you can't say same old Lions. That just doesn't fly. Because the Lions were 8-2 and two heading into that game. They hadn't been 8-2 and two in 61 years. They're better. They're not perfect. What happened was they pooped the bed in front of the whole country when there are expectations. But guess what? 
They got just what the doctor ordered. They go to New Orleans, and the Saints are only 5-6. and six. The Lions have been great road favorites. The Saints are down their top three receivers. No Michael Thomas. No Rashid Shaheed. No Chris Olave. He's in Prussian, uh, concussion protocol. And as long as Derek Carr plays, there's hope for the Lions. Yeah, you probably figured out I'm not a big Derek Carr guy. You, you realize it now? He's why he was 63 and 79 as a Raiders, you know, starter. Sucked in the red zone. Sucked on third down. Suck what it mattered. Now every time you see a big play, you're putting in Taysom Hill. I don't know. Saints are 0 and 4 against the spread at home. Lions are 5 and 1 against the spread on the road. They're 3 and 0 as road favorites. This feels like a get-right game for the Lions. I'm going to call it Lions 27-20. Let's just put it this way. Between us girls, I did lay the four. I got it at four. It's now four and a half. There you have it. The Jets, I'm rooting for the Jets to win for one simple reason. Now, they're four and seven. They're home against the Falcons. Falcons are, are five and six. They're laying two points at New York. The Desmond Ritter versus Tim Boyle show, not exactly Hall of Fame matchup. Desmond Ritter, 18 turnovers in his nine starts. Here's why I'm rooting for the Jets. Because if the Jets get that eighth loss Sunday, later today, game kicks off actually here in about eight and a half hours, they're done. Forget it. They're done. They're four and eight. They'd have to go five and oh, just to be nine and eight. I don't think nine and eight gets in the playoffs in the AFC. And there'd be no reason for Aaron Rodgers to come back. So I'm actually, if I'm actually going to root for this fantasy, there, Aaron Rodgers might come back Christmas Eve. The Jets have to keep winning. They got to be out of their freaking minds. The problem is, the Falcons are no great shakes, but that Jets offense, especially with Tim Boyle, are you kidding me? They couldn't score in a women's prison with a fifth full of fifties. They're just not going to score points. They can't score points. They can't do it. Won't do it. Ain't going to happen unless. Tim Boyle got quarterback lessons. I, I, I'm a Tim Boyle fan. Anybody that can throw one touchdown pass and 13 interceptions at Connecticut and end up in the NFL, you're my hero. And I saw what he did with the Lions. But look, the dude's in the NFL, man. Tip of the cap. That doesn't mean he's an NFL quarterback, but he is in the NFL. Coming up, some more interesting games. The Dolphins have a bit of a interesting road tussle at Washington. The Buccaneers and Panthers couple of stinky teams one game to watch the browns at the rams both very much have designs on making the playoffs even the rams do and some sharp people i know think this is a spot for the rams we'll discuss all those games and more coming up but first let's go to our guy the chef kevin wired with the latest nobody could take there it is baby there it is. No way to can match your face, no. You got it going on in a way so clear. I just want to buy you a beer. Or maybe tonight at 7.30 or something, I could uh, come by and pick you up in my car. No substitute. No substitute for you. No substitute. No, baby, that's no substitute for you, girl. No substitute for you now. You know that is true. No substitute. There's just no substitute for you. Chef, that's one of your better performances, man. Bring in the pipes for you, Bernie. Damn. If there I know better, you might have been nipping little Grandpa's cough syrup in between the breaks or something yeah. like that. I won't tell anybody. All right. All right. Good Dude, job, Chef. Us. Good job, Chef. Anyway, 
It was a crazy day in college football. I mean, it often is, but this was a championship Saturday, and we thought coming into today, maybe the uh, 14 playoff field already set, but not so fast as number 8 Alabama in the SEC championship game facing the two-time defending champion Georgia Bulldogs goes into Atlanta and wins it 27-24, giving that selection committee a lot to think about before they release the final playoff rankings on Sunday. Number two, Michigan. They finished their season undefeated, at least the regular part of it, as they uh, shut out number 16 Iowa 26-0 to win the Big Ten championship. Number 4 Florida State, they're 13-0. They beat number 14 Louisville 16-6 to claim the ACC title. In the Big 12 championship, not really much of a contest. Number 7 Texas A uh, commanding 49-21 win against number 18 Oklahoma State. As for who will represent the group of five in a New Year's Six bowl game. Well, it looked like it might be too lame because the 22nd ranked Green Wave, the highest ranked group of five team entering this weekend. All he had to do was win the American Athletic Conference Championship game, but SMU comes in uh, right before uh, they're off to the ACC and they beat the Green Wave 26 14. So we'll see if they'll be selected to play in a major bowl game. In the Mountain West Championship, out in Las Vegas, it's Boise State over UNLV 44-20. The Broncos were just 4-5 and five a month ago. MAC Conference title in Detroit. Miami of Ohio winning it 23-14 against Toledo. In the Sun Belt, it's Troy over Appalachian State 49-23. NFL news, Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins. He's been dealing with a hamstring issue that's uh, kept him out the last few weeks. He will play Monday night against Jacksonville. As for the Jaguars, uh, running back Travis Etienne does expect to play. We do have some uh, updates from Ian Rappaport regarding uh, Sunday's slate of games. Bucks wide receiver Chris Godwin, he's listed as questionable with a neck injury. He does plan to play against the Panthers as long as he does uh, wake up feeling good. The Jets expected to have both of their running backs today against the Falcons. Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook uh, expected to be on the field. Patriots running back Ezekiel Elliott, he's listed as questionable with a thigh injury. He's expected to uh, play against the Chargers. Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen is listed as questionable. He is expected to go. And Texans wide receiver Tank Dell, he's listed as questionable with a calf injury, expected to play today. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's confident that he would uh, be able to go. And in addition, wide receiver Noah Brown, he hasn't played since early November because of a knee issue. He is expected to play. And as for the Arizona Cardinals, wide receiver Hollywood Brown and tight end Trey McBride are listed as questionable, are expected to play today. Back to you, Bernie. All right, so Keenan Allen might go for the Chargers, huh? Yeah, that's that what be, he, uh, that Rappaport's would, saying, yeah. That'd, that that would be a boost. Uh, of course, uh, as long as you got that coach, you'd probably be better off with Keenan Avery Wayne. <laughs> but that's his story for a different day. All right, good job, Chef. Great performance tonight, man. Great, great performance. You South Park fans, you know, you, you give a tip of the cap to the chef. All right, the Dolphins, the reason I'm invoking this name, uh, even though the commanders are 4-8, catching 9.5 points at home, uh, you're paying Miami tax now because Miami's very good. But a lot of sharp betters I know in town grabbed – grabbed the commanders and the points. Uh, the one thing to note in this game, uh, Ron Rivera, the Washington head coach, apparently he's going to take over as defensive play caller. They fired Jack Del Rio last week. It'll be the first time Rivera's been calling defensive signals since 2018. That's when he was Carolina's head coach. Of course, good luck with that. Miami leads the NFL with 42 offensive touchdowns, and Washington's allowed the second most with 35. Be that as it may, it's a big number. 
it's a big number. In Washington, when they decide to, they can be a physical team. They're 3-0 and against a number as home underdogs when they're getting at least 7.5 points, and they're getting 9.5. So, uh, again, people I know, this feels like it might be a 24-17 type game. I don't know. But uh, regardless, professional bettors I know like the uh, commanders on uh, on Sunday. The Browns and the Rams promises to be a a matchup where there is genuine potential playoff ramifications. Of course, the Browns are seven and four. And I know the Rams are only five and six, but they're not done. They have designs on wanting to be in the playoffs. They're laying three and a half. Matt Stafford coming off a game. He threw a season high four touchdown passes. That's as many as he's had in the previous four games before that. But the Browns, again, they're stingy defense. They've only allowed 10 passing touchdowns this season, tied with Baltimore. So Stafford and the Rams, they will face a fairly stiff defensive challenge. But this feels, again, who's going to play quarterback for the Browns, right? Bernie Kosar ain't walking through that door. I feel like the Rams find a way to get this done. I don't know that they cover the number, but this feels like a a, 24-21 type game. Rams, not a game I'm involved in. All right, I got this when they were two. Now San Francisco's laying three. They're eight and three. The Eagles are ten and one. Again, I told you it was a weird week. When you have a team that has a ten and one record, and you could easily, arguably, make the case that the Eagles are the best team in the NFL. Maybe, maybe. Well, the Niners are eight and three. And the Eagles are ten and one. They beat the Bills 37-34 last week. They became the first team to reach ten wins this season. No other team in the league's better than eight and three. And I get it that Philadelphia is not steamrolling teams, but you know what they do? They do exactly what the Chargers don't do, and they do exactly what the Saints and Derek Carr don't do. They knuckle down in key moments to win tough games. That was exactly the case last Monday when the Eagles came from behind to beat the Chiefs on the road, and it was the case again last week against Buffalo. The Eagles struggled in the first half. They only had one touchdown, but they turn it on in the second half. They score points on five of their six possessions. You've got a spectacular quarterback that's a stellar individual. Yeah, they got a little luck involved. You kick a 59-yard field goal in the rain to force overtime, but nobody hands anything to the Eagles. They stand up. Check that. They step up, and they make plays necessary to win. Remember, they're the Super Bowl loser last year. Typically... Teams who lose in the Super Bowl have a hell of a hangover. Not so much for the Eagles. They went 14-3 and last year. They lost to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, but they pick up right where they left off. This is a They're doing it in a way that very few Super Bowl losers have. Again, only eight of the losing teams have returned to the Super Bowl in the very next year in 57 years. The Eagles could do it. The Eagles could do it. They're the best team at least record-wise in the NFC. And uh, I, I don't know, man. There's something about them, and no one else can do that, that brotherly shove, whatever the hell you want to call it, tush-push, because nobody else has a quarterback that can leg press 75,000 pounds. I mean, this guy's a stud. All right, so what's going to happen Sunday? I actually think the Niners are going to win. I think they've had this game circled. I think they're bitter from last year. They know when their quarterback went down, hint-hint, when you don't have your quarterback, you're just not going to be as good. Life ain't fair. They lost 31 to 7 to the Eagles last January. The sentiment out of San Francisco is that the outcome would have been a lot different if Brock Purdy hadn't, in, you know, 
exited the game with an injury right in the first quarter. Now they got a chance to back that up Sunday. And by the way, Brock Purdy completing over 70% of his passes this season. He's got a league-leading QBR of 75.6. Here's the kicker. This is what you look for as a handicapper. You look for strength versus weakness. The Eagles are 29th versus a pass. And they've yielded the second most passing touchdowns in the NFL at 23. I took the Niners. I laid the two. That's long gone. It feels like a 34-27 game. I don't think it's going to be easy. But it's the only side I can look to. I'm being very picky these days. I've had a bit of an up and down year. I've had good days, but sometimes I get a little frisky. And this is not, it's never easy. The lines are so sharp now. The Chiefs at the Packers. This is what I'm going to call recency bias. Now, Kansas City's laying six. They're on the road. They're eight and three. The Packers are five and six. Everybody saw what Jordan Love did to the Lions. I think Jordan Love's improved. I do. I think his ceiling is probably better than I might have given him credit for. This is a Sunday night standalone game, too, at NBC. The Packers, they're undefeated in December since Matt LaFleur took over as head coach in 2019, but they also haven't never played the Chiefs in the final month of the season. So Jordan Love's first NFL start came at Kansas City two years ago, November 2021. They lost 13-7. Believe it or not, little trivia, this would be Patrick Mahomes' first ever appearance at Lambeau Field. Who do I like? I like the Chiefs. I'm not laying the six. I'm not. But I like the Chiefs to win the game and go to nine and three. They're, t- they're all about taking care of their business. It could be a 27 to 20 game, right? But I like the Chiefs. Finally, Monday night, the Bengals, whose season has gone on the toilet. Again, life ain't fair. They lost their quarterback, Joe Burrow. It's what happens. Jacksonville, eight and a half. They'd probably be good to tease down to one and a half. They're eight and three. It was, it's too bad. It's instead of Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence, it's now Lawrence versus Jake Browning. Jags got a hell of a pass rush. They're coming off one of their best games of the season. They pressure right and left. They sack right and left. Browning's been sacked seven times in the last two games. I think this could be a blowout, 10-point win. But if you want to be safe, you can tease this game down to one and a half on a seven-point teaser or two and a half on a six-point teaser and pair it with some of the other games out there that might fit the long teaser uh, you know, strategy, right? Uh, you could perhaps seven-point teaser tease Miami down to minus two and a half. That Commanders game could be could be tough. Don't do something stupid like give uh, the Cardinals the five and a half points against Pittsburgh and make them 12 and a half. You don't do that kind of stuff. One of the things you might also do is tease the Jets up at home, make Atlanta minus eight, eight and a half or nine. It's a lot of points. There you have it. It's an interesting NFL card. You got a 10-1 team at home. That's an underdog. You got Bill Belichick. He's home against the team. As a, he's an underdog against the team. Who's under 500? And finally, keep an eye on those Broncos. We had Chad Anderson, 104.3 from Denver on, on my show Friday night. And the culture has been changed. And I think if Denver gets that win in Houston, which is not going to be easy on Sunday, don't look now. They're marching toward the playoffs. They really could do it. And Sean Payton has clearly changed that culture. Seven and five sounds a lot better than six and six. Coming up, will the PGA Tour's number three player actually bolt for the Live Tour? You're not going to believe what is being offered. You haven't heard about the Live Tour in a while. I told you we covered it all here on the Bernie Fratto Show. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Tyrac.com studios. 
Keep it locked right here. You're listening to The Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. All right, we're back on The Bernie Fratto Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. Remember, top of the hour, 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern, the dance sensation, sweep of the nation. What kind of brand new fool are you followed by what my name? Tonight's show is brought to you by Discover. Into your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right, everything you've earned doubled. Seriously, see terms, check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. One quick postscript from the NFL, my buddy Joe Gibbs, who NFL ref stats, you've heard him on my show many times. I talked about liking the Niners minus two against the Eagles. That number's gone now. It's probably three uh, everywhere. The Eagles' only two regular season losses in 2022 were with Alex Kemp officiating. Yes, Alex Kemp is assigned as the referee for the Niners at Minnesota week 13, which is later today. Conversely, this is the Niners' sixth game in their last 30 with Kemp officiating, and the Niners are 4-1 and one in those games. So if you look to referee you know, an edge, that's part of it. And Joe does a great job. we got to get him on our show again soon. So Alec Kemp, the assigned referee. Philadelphia, he lost both games with Kemp last year, and Niners 4-1. and one. Speaking of losing, will the PGA Tour lose another player? Will they lose their number three player? He's being offered $600 million to join the Live Tour. Now, we haven't talked about the Live Tour in a long time because there really hasn't been a whole hell of a lot of news. And golf's kind of slow right now, and certainly it'll pick up in about 90 days. But, I, and again, I, I, it's a slow period on the pro golf calendar, let's put it that way. But the sport itself is buzzing because the LIV, or Live Golf Tour, is at it again. They're very aggressively pursuing a big player, a big star. John Rahm, the number three ranked player in the world and defending Masters champion, reportedly has an offer. Will he sign with the Saudi-backed league, the Live Tour? Very controversial league. $600 million. That would be the biggest paycheck yet shelled up by the Live. Phil Mickelson is currently believed to have accepted the highest offer. He was around $200 million. A lot of other players, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, they all supposedly got around $100 million. Tiger Woods turned down $800 million. Now, Rahm, who once said the Live was not in his future, recently pulled out of competing in the first season of the TGL, this new virtual golf league that was founded by Tiger Woods and Roy McIlroy, and they delayed their launch till 2025. LIV members are not a part of any TGL roster. There's a pretty big line of demarcation now. So the PGA Tours 2024 FedEx Cup regular season begins the first week in January in Maui. The Live's 2024 schedule starts the first week of February in Mexico. Where will Rom land? We don't know. Last month, Phil Mickelson said he was confident that many more high-profile players would join Live in 2024. And since the announcement of the PGA Tours deal with Saudi Arabia and their public investment fund last June... Liv hasn't really tried to poach any more major golfers, but if the two sides fail to reach an agreement, by the way, the offer, I, I, it's my understanding, the offer expires December 31st. 30. So 
I would say this. If if the two sides don't get an agreement in terms of live and PGA that seems to be delayed, you can start to see the live tour get aggressive in stealing players yet again. Imagine that. Last year's Nat Masters champion, John Rahm, would he go for $600 million? You just don't know, do you? Everybody's got a price. I'm not saying he does. That's a lot. Comes with a burden, though, I think. Coming up, what kind of brand new fool are you and what my name? Keep it locked. The Bernie Fratto Show. Fox Sports Radio. Well, that's right. You heard the man. The Bernie Fratto Show keeps rolling right along. My name is Bernie Fratto. We are coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Fox Sports Radio. Tyrac.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection. And over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What an incredible Saturday of sports topics, sports stories, and the like. But it's that time of the week you all look forward to. Yeah, see, because every day across this great land of ours and even around the globe, people do things. They engage in things. They engage in various activities. And... A lot of the time, they're not real smart. And among these activities, sometimes they're somewhat innocuous and silly and stupid and people just not, you know, using good judgment. Other times it's more serious. Other times it involves criminal actions. They could even land you in jail. But regardless of the event, regardless of the activity, regardless of the behavior, you always leave yourself scratching your head and asking, what kind of brand new fool are you? Well, I don't know that I've ever gone to the great state of California for one of my brand new fool segments, but we are tonight. We take you to the beautiful area of Santa Rosa County in Santa Rosa, California, and I'd like to introduce you to 34-year-old, easy for me to say, Jesus Correno Ortiz of Santa Rosa. Come on down. He was driving his Toyota truck, you know, late at night. Not that late at night, but anyhow, he entered the parking lot of a business around Dutton Avenue, and then all of a sudden he slammed into the southeast corner of the business. What did he do? He got out of his car and walked into the store, which happened to be a liquor store. Or they call them party stores back east, right? I think it was Ray's Food Center or something like that. So Mr. Carino crashes his truck into the business, and the very business he crashes into, he gets out, walks in, and he wants to buy liquor. Well, authorities responded from the Santa Rosa Police Department, along with the Santa Rosa Fire Department, and even medical personnel. They had determined that Mr. Carreno had operated the vehicle under the influence of alcohol. He was suspected of driving under the influence of, of, suspected of driving under the influence when he crashed his truck into this business, which happened to be a liquor store, and then walked into attempt to purchase alcohol. But when he got his breathalyzer, he blew a wait for it. A point three two. That's at least three times above the legal limit. Mr. Carina was hospitalized, treated for significant injuries from the crash, arrested and charged with driving under the influence. By the way, the blood alcohol content legality limit in California is 0.08. So this is actually four times the legal limit. 
he was suspended. His license was suspended. He was in contempt of order. He dis disobeyed a court order. And not all in all, not just a real good time and for Mr. Carano up in the Bay Area. And all I got to say is after all that, crashing your car into what was a liquor store, walking in to buy liquor after you crash your car, after blowing a 3.2 and sustaining injuries, all I got to ask you is, Mr. Carano of Santa Rosa, California, what kind of brand new fool are you? All right, chef, you're up. All right, we go to South America, Paraguay to be specific, where a government official has resigned after he signed an agreement with a fake country. What? Yes. What kind of agreement? So, Arnaldo Chamorro was the official. He signed a memorandum of understanding with representatives of a fugitive Indian guru's, guru's fictional country... And he also appeared to have duped several other officials in the South American country as well. The United States of Kailasa is the name of this uh, fictional country. And uh, it is described as the revival of the ancient enlightened Hindu civilization nation, which is being revived by disgraced or displaced Hindus from around the world. It is led by self-styled guru... Nithyananda, who is wanted in India on several charges, including sexual assault, his whereabouts are unknown. And uh, among other things, the proclamation expressed a, quote, sincere wish and recommendation for the government of Paraguay to consider, explore, and actively seek the establishment of diplomatic relations with the United States of Kailasa and support the admission of the United States of Kailasa as a sovereign and independent state in various international organizations, including, among others, the United Nations. And Representative of that fictional country met with Chamorro and the agricultural minister, Carlos Jimenez. Chamorro, uh, that's what he said in a radio interview. And he, in the interview, he said he didn't recognize where Kailasa was located and said he signed what he characterized as, quote, a memorandum of understanding because they offered to help Paraguay with a variety of issues, including irrigation. So it sparked a scandal, a lot of social media mockery within the country, as you can expect. He tendered his resignation. And uh, so all we could say with that is, Arnaldo Chamorro, what kind of brand new fool are you? <laughs> That, this that that fell almost like a Woody Allen movie there versus a, a a brand new fool segment. I like that, right? Yeah. Isn't that an item of Taco Bell? Oh no, that I'm sorry, that's the Chalupa. Drop the Chalupa, drop the Chamorro while you're at it. Paraguay. I do believe we've broken new ground here tonight. I don't think we've ever been to Paraguay for a brand new fool segment, have we, uh, Chef? I think that's the first time I've at least gone. Good. Down well, there, we look so. forward to more. That, that was a do. That, that was a doozy. All right, Patrick Sweeka, you always got some good ones. That is true, Bernie. And where we are headed, it's not a place or a. It is more so. What is it? And that be the Pacific Ocean, Bernie. We're going not quite the beach, but the ocean, where one zoologist named Rob Pilly was working on a little bit of a series, uh, a little Dolphins, Spy in the Pod. It's a little BBC One uh, show that just documents dolphins and whatnot. Well, now, what happened during one little instance where he was filming said dolphins? Well, he caught a case of some young dolphins, purposely, like, you know, kind of just having a good time. They were playing with a puffer fish. Now, what was happening with this puffer fish? They were, they were slightly... We'll get there. They were chewing on this puffer fish. They you weren't can die eating those things, can't you? You you can. Well, yeah, they can poison you. 
but they weren't eating or like they were they were playing with it by like slightly chewing on it gently and then almost kind of like passing around now bernie what they were doing well, to put it lightly, they were, uh, it seemed like they were acting very peculiar after each time they would bite on it. They were getting high, Bernie. They were getting high Whoa. off of the toxins from a pufferfish. Oh, yeah. So, and, and they were they were very young. They were adolescent dolphins. And they kept passing pufferfish around. And then oh, after they were done, they were acting most peculiar. And in an instance, they were actually looking at kind of like the surface, like a mirror, like looking at their own reflection and kind of, you know, maybe walking or I'm sorry, swimming in a, you know, not quite a straight line and acting a little, a little, uh, a little funny, as so to speak. So they caught that on camera and it couldn't make sense of it. They realized they were, they, they took an experiment. They realized they were getting high off of the toxins. So random silly dolphins in, in the Pacific Ocean caught by Mr. Rob Pilly on camera. What kind of brand new fools are you? That's like a, that's almost like a kind of a group fool of uh, group fools or whatever. I, I don't know. Anyway, anyway, slice it, guys. Great job again on the what kind of brand new fool are you? We take it to Paraguay. We take it to Santa Rosa, California, and I think you might have said it. Uh, where, where was the location again, uh, Patrick? For the oh, fish? this is the Pacific Ocean, so under the sea. Oh wow, that, we've broken new ground again! Wow, I don't All think right, we've great. had anything under the sea yet, Bernie. So no, I mean, we got other, one there. Other than, other than SpongeBob SquarePants, he lives in a pineapple under the sea. See, I know my stuff. You better get up late, mighty late in the afternoon, to pull it over on Uncle Bernie. All right. That leads us to our second favorite bit, which we lovingly refer to as What My Name. All right, we'll have all three guys participate tonight. Mark's good at this. Let's start with a little football, a little college, a little college football. Hello, everybody. Keith Jackson. All right. Well, I played for the University of Michigan as the all-time leading rusher in touchdowns. My nickname was the A-Train. Mark Ramsey, What My Name. I can't think of anybody. I'll just say uh, Mr. Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Not Mr. Harbaugh, but that's not, not bad. Oh, fumble, Lloyd. Not, not bad there. Keith Jackson, calm down. Hello, everybody. Brought to you by Wendy's, home of the bacon double cheeseburger. When you got to have one, you got to have one. I was the A-train at the University of Michigan when I led my school all-time in touchdown rushes. That was clunky, but you know where I'm trying to go with that. Patrick Sweeka, what my name? Who is Tom Brady? Not Tom Brady! Well, I played at the University of Michigan. My nickname was the A-Train. Kevin Wyatt, what my name? Uh, I'm just going to guess Desmond Howard. Not Desmond Howard. That's the Anthony Thomas. Anthony Thomas. He was a touchdown machine. All right, let's go to the NFL. Last Sunday, Andy Reid broke my record. For the most wins as the Kansas City Chiefs head coach all time. Uh, Mark Ramsey, what my name? I'm going to go with Don Shula. Not Don Shula, but he's a, he's a good one. He's the uh, all-time leading uh, win-getter, and uh, and hopefully we'll see if Bill Belichick can catch him. Hey, by the way, Bill, since you're – I know you're there, Bill. Do you want to play what my name on this tonight, Bill? Uh, you always say that, Bill. You always say next week. I'm not. I'm going to hold you to it. Okay. <laughs> Last Sunday, Andy Reid broke my record for most wins as the all-time Chiefs head coach. Patrick Sweeka, what my name? 
Who is Jim Mora Sr.? Not Jim Mora Sr. Not Jim Mora Jr. Oh, playoffs. Oh. Come on, Bird. You talking oh, about playoffs? That's right. I love it. I love it. Nice, Nicely done. Nicely, a little improv here tonight on the Bernie Fratto Show. Last Sunday, Andy Reid broke my record for the most wins all time as the Kansas City Chiefs head coach, Kevin Wyatt. What my name? I'm going with Hank Stram. Hank Stram! That's what I'm talking about! Just keep matriculating the ball on the boys, Dad. Got the field, boys. 68 top pass power trap. Wow, I promise I haven't been drinking. 68 toss power trap. Just keep matriculating the ball down the field, boys. Never mind. All right. Stick in the NFL. I recently became the quickest quarterback in NFL history to reach 5,000 career rushing yards. Mark Ramsey, what my name? Uh, the guy from Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. Not Patrick Mahomes. I'm sorry, as they say in Canada, but we will continue with the process because we got a fine organization. I recently became the quickest quarterback in NFL history to reach 5,000 career rushing yards. Patrick Suica, what my name? Who is Lamar Jackson? Nicely done. Now we're cooking. Hello, everybody. Not Keith Jackson, Lamar Jackson. We're coming to you live from beautiful Kankapasso, Pennsylvania. With the always tough fighting proctologist of Johns Hopkins University. We'll get to that later. All right. Last week, I caught a touchdown pass and reached 23 miles an hour running to the end zone. The fastest ever. Kevin Wyatt, what my name? I'm going to go with the cheetah, Tyreek Hill. Ooh, not Tyreek Hill, but that's a good guess. I know. Good it. guess. All right. Last week, I <laughs> last week I got a touchdown pass to reach 23 miles an hour, the fastest ever on a football field. Mark Ramsey, what my name? Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> what are these days we're going to get Mahomes? Okay. <laughs> last week, I got a touchdown pass. Had reached 23 miles an hour, the fastest ever. Patrick Sweek, I what my name. Who is from my favorite, the Seattle Seahawks? Give me DK Metcalf. Man, you're just showing off now. That's my guy, Bernie. That's my guy. Yep, that's your guy, man. That is your guy. Well, I thought Trevor Barr was your guy. Uh, that's, a, that's my guy in, in your a different football way. guy. I got you. <laughs> All right. Last week, Jalen Hurts. Broke my record for most games with multiple rushing touchdowns as a quarterback. Mark Ramsey, what my name? Bob Gracie. Bob, oh, I love it, man. You're fitting right into this game. Nicely done. Last week, Jalen Hurts broke my record for most games as a quarterback with multiple rushing touchdowns in the same game. Kevin Wyatt, what my name? Uh, Lamar Jackson. Not Lamar Jackson. Last week, Jalen Hurts broke my record for the most games with multiple rushing touchdowns as a quarterback in a single game. Patrick Sweeka, can you go four in a row? Who is the Auburn alumni? Cam Newton. Cam Newton, four in a row. Help yourself to some cookies and a petty cash. You're killing it. You're killing it. All right, last week, C.J. Stroud. Well, he's having a great year. But I still hold the record for the most 300-yard passing games in a single season by a rookie. Patrick Sweeka, what my name? 
Who is Peyton Manning? Not Peyton Manning. C.J. Stroud might be having a great year, but I still hold the record for most 300-yard passing games in a single season by a rookie. Mark Ramsey, what my name? Uh, what's the guy named Bryce? Not Bryce Young, but that's a good good guess. Not Bryce Young. C.J. Stroud might be having a great year, but I still hold the record, the rookie record for most 300-yard passing games in a single season by a rookie. The chef, Kevin Wired, what my name? Uh, Joe Burrow. Not Joe Burrow. It is Justin Herbert. Ah, oh, Justin Herbert. All right, we're going to go back in the cookie jar. This is a famous name. I caught more touchdown passes in my first 10 seasons cumulatively than any other wide receiver in history. Mark Ramsey, what my name? Willie Galt. Oh, that's such a good one. Chicago Bears. I love Willie Galt. I caught more touchdown passes in my first 10 seasons than any other wide receiver in NFL history cumulatively. Kevin Wyatt, what my name? I'm going to guess Megatron, Calvin Johnson. Not Calvin Johnson, but that's a good guess. I caught more touchdown passes in my first 10 seasons than any other wide receiver in history. Patrick Sweeker, what my name? Who is the cheetah, Tyreek Hill? Not the cheetah. And no, you're not a cheetah. You play the game fair. Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice. I thought you guys would get that. All right. NBA. The other night, I became the 10th leading scorer all time in the NBA. Mark Ramsey, what my name? Is it the tall guy, Wamba? Okay, you're thinking of Victor Wemba Nyama? Nope. He's, 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 he's still fairly new. This is this guy became the, the other night, I became the 10th leading all-time scorer in the NBA. Patrick Sweeka, what my name? Who is the Slim Reaper himself, Kevin Durant? Bam! Wow! Mom, there, there go that man again. Look at you. Just light it up. All right, we're going to do one more. One, you guys want to do one more? Always down for one always, more. Always, always down for one more. Okay. This week, I became only the sixth quarterback in college football history to throw three touchdown passes in the first quarter of the game. Kevin Wire, what my name? Uh, sorry, repeat that question one more time. This week, I became the only the sixth quarterback in college football history to throw three touchdown passes in the first quarter of a game. I'm going to guess J.J. McCarthy. Not J.J. McCarthy. This week, I became only the sixth quarterback in college football history to throw three touchdown passes in the first quarter of a game. Mark Ramsey, what my name? I can't think anybody anybody but the guy that used to play for the Jets, Mr. Sanchez. Sanchez! He's, that's, I, I like the way you play. He, he hasn't been in the league for a while, or in college for a while, but it, I still like the yes. I like the effort. It's, it's all about the effort here, okay? This week, I became the only the sixth quarterback in college football history. So I'm still in college. To throw three touchdown passes in the first quarter of a game. Patrick Suica, what's what my name? Who is Michael Penix Jr.? Not a good guess. It's actually, guys, you're going to be pissed. Quinn Ewers. Oh, I knew Quinn it. Quinn Ewers. And he did it today. He did it today. Guys, great job, as always, on what kind of brand new fool are you? Pineapple under the seat of Paraguay to Santa Rosa. We covered all in another rousing edition of What My Name. Well, guess what's coming up? Perhaps 
some of the greatest moments in radio history. Patrick Suikas, progressive play of the day. Do not miss it or you're first in line for a frontal lobotomy. I'm Bernie Fratto. You're coming to live from... <laughs> I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. All right, we're back at the Bernie Fratto Show, Fox Sports Radio. Come to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. This time every week, of course, you know tonight's show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. It's that time of week. Patrick Suikas, Progressive Play of the Day. Shotgun for J.J. from the six-yard line. Takes the snap. Inside handoff. Blake Corm bounces it back the other direction. Blake fighting for the end zone. Touchdown Wolverines. Blake Corum ties the school record with his 55th career rushing touchdown. And Michigan extends the lead to 16 to nothing. Of course, that's courtesy of my buddy Doug Karsh. Does a great job play-by-play. He's been a fixture forever. We go all the way back to 1994. WTK in Ann Arbor. Been a fascinating couple years for Doug. Took over for the legends, uh, Jim Brandstatter. And a very nice gesture recently. He let Brandy call the last play of the game against Ohio State. So great stuff from Doug Carson. Again, of course, uh, Patrick's week is play of the day is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. 
not for nothing, real quickly, the Athletic is now projecting that Florida State will be number four, Michigan one, Wash two, Bama three, Florida State four. We'll see. I know some of you folks have listened selectively and saying, I don't want Florida State. No, it's not true. I'm interpreting what I believe the protocol is for what the committee will select, and I don't think it looks good for Florida State. Could be wrong. We'll see. Not predicting it, not wishing for it, merely interpreting the committee and what they've done in the past. We'll address that maybe a little later. But first, but first, let's go to our guy Kevin Wired, the chef, for the latest. Yeah, Bernie, uh, college football, big day as it was championship weekend, and we saw a big matchup in the SEC championship game. The top-ranked Georgia Bulldogs carrying a 29-game winning streak into their matchup with number 8 Alabama. And this one was a tight one, but Alabama holding off the Georgia Bulldogs. They took a uh, 10-point lead uh in that fourth quarter, Alabama came to get it to within seven, but Georgia able to run it, or excuse me, Alabama able to run it out and win it 27 24, ending that 29 game winning streak. And it gives the selection committee a lot to think about uh, before they release their final rankings later on Sunday. Number two, Michigan. They. Make it a 13-0 regular season with a shutout win against number 16, Iowa. 26 to nothing the final there. Number four, Florida State ends it 13-0 with a 16-6 win against number 14, Louisville, to claim the ACC title. And number seven, Texas, with a dismantlement of number 18, Oklahoma State, 49-21 to win their final ever Big 12 game and final ever Big 12 championship. When it comes to the group of five, it was uh, number 22, Tulane's uh, game to lose, at least uh, their uh, New Year's Six Bowl game, it was theirs to lose, as they were the highest-ranked group of five team entering this weekend. But SMU ends those dreams in a 26-14 win in New Orleans, so we'll have to see which uh, lucky team will get to go into one of those uh, premier bowl games here at the uh, turn of the year. In the Mountain West in Vegas, it's Boise State over UNLV 44-20. The Broncos were just 4-5 and a month ago. Mac title game in Detroit. Miami of all Ohio, 23-14 against Toledo. And in the Sun Belt, it's Troy against uh, beating against Appalachian State. They beat them 49-23. In the NFL, Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins. He's been out uh, for a while with a hamstring issue, but he will play Monday night against Jacksonville. The Jaguars also expecting running back Travis Etienne to play. We had some uh, updates uh, from both Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport overnight. Adam Schefter with a story out not too long ago saying that the expectation around the NFL is that Panthers owner David Tepper will look to hire an offensive-minded head coach, uh, someone who can help Bryce Young uh, fulfill the aspirations uh, that they had for him when they made him the number one overall pick in this year's draft. Ian Rappaport with some updates. Bucks wide receiver Chris Godwin plans to play again, uh, play Sunday versus Carolina. He's questionable with a neck injury, and he wants to play as long as he wakes up feeling good. The Jets going to have both of the running backs available today against the Falcons. Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook both expected to be on the field. Patriots running back Ezekiel Elliott is expected to play against the Chargers. He's questionable with a thigh injury. And for the Chargers, good news as Keenan Allen, he's listed as questionable, is expected to play today. And Texans wide receiver Tank Dell, uh, he has a calf injury. He's expected 
expected to go today. Wide receiver Noah Brown, he hasn't played since early November because of a knee issue. He is also expected to play in. Cardinals wide receiver Hollywood Brown and tight end Trey McBride, they're both listed as questionable, but are both expected to play for Arizona. Back to you, Bernie. All right, Jeff, good stuff tonight as always. And it's that time of week. We do cover it all. There's a particular sport. They call it football around the world. We call it soccer here in the United States. But 24-7, well, it's in season or out season. There are always things to report on. That is why this week, each, each, each week at this time, we bring you Chris Perfett's World of Soccer. The greatest goals. The thrilling finishes. The international drama. Chicharito, Chicharito, Chicharito. Ahí, ahí la tiene Torrado. It's all here in this report from the world of soccer. Exciting times here as we enter December, Bernie, as across the world we get into the draws of 16. We're waiting here. 12 of 16 teams in the Champions League have punched their tickets to the knockout round. And we're going to talk about MLS Cup playoffs here in a little bit. But first, speaking of that exciting action happening across the world, let's talk about a bit of honesty. Let's talk about a bit of honesty that uh, I haven't really seen in a while. A very fun little incident happened. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's Al Nasser side was taking on Persepolis of Iran in the Asian Champions League on Monday, and there was a 0-0 draw. Al Nasser ends up moving on to the next stage here as the Group E winner with one match left to play, but they've still locked it up. But a, a very interesting thing happened here in what I really haven't seen before in that Cristiano Ronaldo helped to negate a penalty that would have helped his team. Yes, in the world of soccer, where gamesmanship is everything, Cristiano Ronaldo's honesty came to the forefront. He went down in the box in the opening moments and the referee, Ma Ning, d- d- pointed at the spot, seemed to give a penalty to Ronaldo, to Al Nasser, but Ronaldo instead joined the Iranian players in disputing the penalty itself. Now, only if that honesty would help Ronaldo and Al Nasser in their domestic league, a massive showdown between Al Halal and Al Nasser here on Wednesday saw Al Halal defeat Nasser handing them their first defeat in 21 games. And now Al-Halal sits about six points clear of Al-Nasser in the Saudi Pro League table as it starts to get a little tight here in that league. Maybe Ronaldo won't be able to bring them the crown here. It's uh, something you have to keep your eye on. Maybe actually have some interest in the Saudi leagues for once. Al-Halal, of course, featuring the famous left winger Neymar as part of the Saudi Attempts from these past transfer windows to buy many, many very big name players to get more emphasis on their league. But something else is starting to brew across the world of soccer, and that is the word sin bins. Now, if you are a fan of hockey at all, you might be familiar with the idea of sin bins, a 
fun way to describe penalty boxes where players would have to sit out the uh, uh, duration of a given penalty. Now, this isn't new to soccer, and it's something that's being tested at a grassroots level in England, and it has caused a lot of controversy here this past week, partly because MLS seems very intent on making it part of their own pro league as they look ready to trial sin bins in in football, especially as the sports lawmakers and the International Football Association Board are trying to continue these trials in the hopes to clamp down on player behavior. Now, it's drawn a lot of backlash from uh, coaches and managers in England who think the idea is just patently stupid and think that uh, refs need to stop interfering. Those were the words of Ange Postacoglu, the Tottenham manager who just sees this rule as just nonsense. MLS itself, however, might be more amenable to the idea. Now, it's been in works, as I've said, at lower levels in England's grassroots games. If you are shown a a yellow card, you have to go out and sit about 10 minutes in the sin bin as the penalty is served. After that, they'd have to watch from the touchline before being waved back on during play. Now, I have some mixed feelings about this. For one, I'm not sure what exactly it accomplishes in stopping player interaction with officials. However, the Football Association of England disagrees, saying that 72% of players and 77% of managers and 84% of refs in the grassroots game approved of the Sinbin rule and that it led to a 38% decrease in dissent, which has become a very big problem recently, but a lot of that honestly is part of the ongoing questions about how soccer itself should be officiated at all levels. We have issues with VAR. We have issues with officials and the specter of gambling across the entire world right now as it is. The IFAB wants to trial this at a high professional league. It doesn't sound like they're going to be able to get it with the Women's Super League in Europe or the FA Cup, but MLS could very well be the place where it starts, as, of course, the American League is close to other leagues that have penalty box ideas already and, in general, has seen itself more open to innovation, to different ideas on how to run these things. But, again, Again, I approach this with a air of skepticism about it. I'm not quite sure what this resolves. Uh, they say they want to make these Sinbin offenses for specific things, especially for tactical fouls. If, say, a player tugs on another player's shirt and brings him down while in a scoring position, but the the ideas in general just seems to invite more conflict, more disputes of official officials and their decisions. Nevertheless, at the grassroots game, it seems to be working. However, I always believe that that changes quite differently when you move up to the professional ranks where the stakes are much higher, the money so much more involved, and the audiences much more blood frenzied in their thirst. Finally, we must say congratulations to FC Cincinnati superstar and captain Luciano Acosta, named MLS MVP this week here. 29-year-old attacking midfielder with 17 goals and 10 assists as 
because FC Cincinnati will be taking on a sleeper pick I had in the MLS Cup playoffs, the Columbus Crew here on Saturday as part as we start to get ready to see who is going to the MLS Cup final. LAFC, of course, also taking on Houston Dynamo on Saturday as well as for the Western Conference side of things. We'll check in with that all soon enough. We'll see you next time in the world of soccer. There you have it, Christopher Fett's World of Soccer. Catch it here on the Bernie Fratto Show. We cover it all, and it won't be long. We'll be talking about the Paris Olympics and soccer again in terms of big-name events. But as you can hear, there's always news around the world of, spa- of soccer. Speaking of news, we're about six and a half hours away from the college football committee, playoff committee. I don't call it a playoff. I call it the made-for-TV invitational And now you know why, because we have a tremendous dilemma on our hands Sunday morning, and I'll explain coming up. And I want to remind folks, what I will share with you, as I did earlier in the show, I'm not predicting this is going to happen. I'm not wishing this is going to happen. I am merely interpreting what we think the committee will do, not my decree, but what we think the committee will do based on their protocol. Based on their protocol, if you read it, okay, and their protocol doesn't reference most deserving teams, it says best teams. In no words does it reference undefeated teams as part of the criteria. It does say head-to-head matchups, conference championships, but therein lies the fundamental flaw because every single year in the conference champion is left out because there are only five, there are only four spots for five power conference teams. I'll share with you the dilemma that faces this group in about six and a half hours. We'll see what their decision is. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio, Tyrac.com studios. Don't go away. You're listening to the Bernie Fratto Show on Fox Sports Radio. All right, we are wrapping it up on the Bernie Fratto Show. Coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios here in Las Vegas. Before I go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles. They've been with me since 11 p.m. Pacific on Saturday night. My executive producer, Patrick Sweeka, great job juggling a lot of things tonight. Of course, uh, the, the, the chef, Kevin Wired, on the updates and our technical producer, uh, Mark Ramsey turning all the dials, keeping us glued together so we can bring this fine show to a grateful nation. And what a, a crazy night. I, I think I mentioned at the top of the show, the last time I had a show hijack was August 7th, 1999, when Barry Sanders retired summarily. Didn't return any of Bobby Ross's phone calls or letters. Yes, letters. And I'm glad. I'm here for it. We took calls. We typically don't do that. A lot of passion. And it's simple because we've got a moral dilemma here. And now you know why I have called this the made-for-TV invitational tournament, never call it a college football playoff. The new format can't get here soon enough. America waits with bated breath. Will Florida State get in or not? If you read the tea leaves, if you read the bylaws, if you read the protocols, I don't, I don't know that they're going to. Again, this is not my decree. It's what I think the committee will do. I think it's going to be Michigan 1. Washington 2, Texas 3, and Alabama 4. Now, how do I arrive at that? 
I don't see how you leave out an SEC champion team. SEC has a conference has won five of the last six champions championships. They've won 14 of the last 20 championships. Five different teams have done it. LSU, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, Alabama. Okay. You can hate on the SEC all you want, but they show up when it matters most. Now, if you put Alabama in, how in the hell do you leave Texas out? Texas beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Texas is also a one-loss conference champion. Big 12. Now, Georgia won. You know, I think if Georgia had won Saturday, you'd have an undefeated SEC team. Clearly, Michigan's in as an undefeated Big Ten team. Clearly, Washington's in as a big, as a uh, as a two-time winner over Oregon and an undefeated Pac-12 team. You'd have three of them. You'd put Florida, Florida State in, even though the committee does have a clause that basically states, due to the unavailability of key players that it could affect performance. That can factor in their decision. Now, the question is, is Florida State one of the best four teams without Jordan Travis? You tell me. They averaged 41 points a game with Jordan Travis, 20 points without him. They averaged 452 yards of offense per game with Jordan Travis, 221 yards without him. Third down percentage conversion, 41% with Jordan Travis, 20% without him. I don't think the committee wants to see another 2009-2010 when Colt McCoy goes down, Alabama romps over Texas, and everybody stops watching. I don't think they want to see another blowout like Cincinnati. I don't think they want to see last year when Philadelphia, Brock Purdy, the Niners, he gets hurt, no one watches the game anymore. That's not an indictment on Florida State. This is bad luck, man. The games are designed to break your heart. Florida State caught an incredibly bad break. The committee protocol doesn't reference most deserving team. It says best teams. Nowhere does it say undefeated teams. Part of the criteria, does it say head-to-head in conference matchups? Yeah. I know Florida State beat LSU. So did Alabama. Alabama beat Georgia, the number one team. And Texas beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa by 10. No one even goes down there. And therein lies the fundamental flaw. Every single year, a conference champion is left out because there are four spots for five power conference teams. So do not listen selectively. You want to tweet at me? Come correct. Florida State is deserving because of their record, but it was that record was accumulated by a guy they no longer have on the field, and the unavailability of key players can affect that can affect the performance, can be factored in by the committee. It's going to do it for the Bernie Fratto Show. See you next Friday night at 11. Keep it locked. Up next, the great Andy Furman, Fox Sports Radio. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com.